Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. I'm the LA nerd, Joel Reeves, and with me, as always, is Taylor Salem. Hey, yo, how's it going, everybody? Hey, and Lauren Sperling. Hi, friends. I'm going back to the UK in two days. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. That yeah. was fast. It was very fast. That's a, quick, <laughs> that's a quick turnaround right there. I don't know three, why you even came home. <laughs> three, uh, expensive, that's why. Spider-Man. Um, oh, also that, yeah. <laughs> Literally just to do this podcast. <laughs> Uh, we got a decent amount of shit to talk about today, so yeah. let's just let's just hop right to it. We got a new little toy, and Taylor's gonna play this uh, theme song for us live. So Taylor, why don't you roll me those sweet, smooth jams? Waka waka. If that makes my job easier in editing, I am all for it. I don't even, <laughs> worry. I'm just going to post this episode straight to the internet. I don't care Beautiful. what's in it. I don't care what's said. Uh, make sure nobody says anything weird because it's not getting edited. That is yeah. a reminder for yourself mostly then. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> and yeah. somehow I'll probably still fuck it up. Yep. yep. We got a, we got a fancy new toy. We're doing it live today. Ladies and gentlemen, Fuck it. we're doing it well, not technically live, but you know what I mean. Well, well we're doing sound effects and editing live. <laughs> yeah, hey, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> we got some fun stuff for you guys today. Taylor, yeah. give me that best sound effect of all time. All right, here we go. It's the best. It's my favorite. <laughs> Sorry, one more time. I'm mixing live too, so bear with me. Just going to do it once more just for, uh, you know, comparison. Oh, it's the best. Beautiful. Willem Dafoe, the best part of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, obviously. Indeed. We're going to have uh, uh, plenty of more sound effects, but that's like the only one I have right now. So <laughs> It's probably good we don't have too many or we're just going to annoy the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Sparingly, you know. Um, oh, shit, I just dropped something. Uh, we got um, a special sound effect for news, though, don't we? Indeed, we do. We do. Let's get to it. But I thought we had... Oh, I hit it too early. What's up? I thought we had some other stuff to talk about before we got to the news. Indeed, we do. You're right. We're jumping too far ahead. Uh, Joel's just excited for more sound effects. I know, I right? He's, <laughs> he's going to be a terror in person <laughs> with the soundboard, I swear to God. Just be That's prepared true. for that, people. It's just going to be okay. me hitting the Godspeed Spider-Man button over and 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 over. Okay, well, if you want uh, another sound effects, dear listeners, that is not just that. If you have any suggestions based on, you know things we talk about all the time or jokes that we have on this podcast or anything, you know how you can let us know. How's that over on Instagram? Cause we have one of those now. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. It is at the pop pop podcast. Indeed. T H E. I know it's really <laughs> annoying that we can't just have pop pop podcast, but someone with two followers and no posts already has it. Yeah. Um, those but assholes. Like us, follow us. Um, we'll post there from time to time, but also message us. Right? You can DM us there, um, so you don't always have to email Joel all the time. Indeed. <laughs> but email and Joel just to be annoying. Well, yeah, I mean, you can also that too. Um, 
so if you have suggestions for sound bites, uh, also we may be Taylor's new toy. Let's just do something really cool that we might be setting up soon. Taylor, Indeed. do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So for sure on the sound bites, if you guys have anything, uh, even from the show, uh, even any catchphrases you may love or whatever from the past, you know, Batman Five, Superman, anything <laughs> like that, you know, let us know because we can clip that stuff out and put it on uh, the soundboard. Joel's um, Suicide Squad tattoo that, oh yeah. that still needs oh yeah. to happen. Oh yeah. If you if you yeah if you want to take the time to go out and find that and clip it out, that's fucking on you guys. That is. <laughs> yeah. No, I if mean, you want to subject yourself to that, go just, go just, ahead. I mean, even from the current episodes, if there's something you think's clip worthy, just let us know what you think. You know, it'll be easy for us to find it, for me to find it and clip it out. So, uh, but beyond that, we can also. How about this clip? How about this clip? Yeah. Godspeed, Spider Man. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. Um, so now we'll have the original one and we'll have the Joel version. Yeah. <laughs> and aside from the score, they're identical. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the cool thing we can do now as well is we can, uh, we can take phone calls. So, you know, we can play voicemails, we can do things like that live on the air, live in the recording, at least as we have it now. Uh, so yeah, if you guys, uh, ever want to give us a jingle, leave a message or, you know, uh, maybe we can call some people eventually, in the future episodes. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities. We're going to be playing around with it. Um, yeah. So let us know what you guys think about that. If there's anything you'd like us to do or anything you'd like to see or hear, uh, let us know. What do you we'll guys think you of movies? We'll keep you posted if we get a phone number set up for that at some point. We'll Absolutely. keep you guys posted. Yep. Yeah, whenever The Amazing Spider-Man 3 is announced, we'll uh, we'll call Ray Paul and she can just... Cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cry, cry on air. It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, without further ado, we're going to jump into news. All right. So what do you got for us, Lauren? Well, speaking of Spider-Man, um, super exciting. No way home has already passed the 1 billion mark worldwide without the help of a China release. Since One it has not been released in China. Billion dollars. In yeah. what? Ten days? Yeah. Something like that? It's the fastest That's the crazy. fastest to the uh to the what is it, nine figure mark uh all time. And I think it beat the Force Awakens out by a day. Oh um, wow. Yeah. So that kind of tells you and you know, not only that, the first release to reach uh, a, the billion dollar mark since the pandemic happened. So yeah, it's very true. You know, yeah. it's it, it's really funny because this uh Are you saying Spider Man ended COVID? Fuck no, it didn't. No, no. Um, for the record, we're not saying if, that. If anything, <laughs> COVID it, is still a thing. If anything, it boosted it. Um, yeah. To be honest, uh, don't but, blame. Okay, I, JJ, I, calm down over there, please. Right. Seriously, but uh, he's a menace. But what's interesting too is that you know, um, it really is uh, kind of a landmark in a lot of ways in terms of the box office. And you know, it's funny because a lot of the the box office prognosticators were like. What was it that, like, the, the, what made this movie so successful? You know, what's the secret sauce for this movie? And it's like, is it really that hard to figure out? It's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the best yeah. superhero of all time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, even even in a even in a uh, climate like this with the pandemic and all these things, like, people are still willing to go out and see, you know, these big temple movies. Um, mm -hmm. Do I think that these types of movies are going to be few and far between, f even fewer and far between uh, than they were before absolutely you know what i mean but uh i do think it is a good uh argument for why movie theaters Until the next spider-man movie not only dead <laughs> but actually thriving in a lot of ways uh yeah. compared to where they were at least a year ago so yeah 
That's very true. Uh, yeah, I'll say it one more time for uh, posterity. <sighs> Spider-Man No Way Home is the best Spider-Man movie in the multiverse. So, indeed, we should clip that out. <laughs> we should. We, we that actually out. we should probably have some Jay Jonah clips in there too. Like, yeah, there's some there's some zingers in uh, those first two Spider-Man movies. I'm gonna have to clip it out to send it to the publisher or yeah. the PR, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, I mean the movie grossed, uh, you know, domestically uh, as of yesterday is at four sixty seven point three. Um, wow. so that's like a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty solid domestic um, mm-hmm. opening, if you will. Yeah, uh, but it also proves that you know international box office is still king even without China. It it's kind of crazy to think like what this movie would have done with. Oh yeah, China. what was what was in the movie that China disagreed with? I'm honestly not sure, um, but I do know that Mephisto. they was a, it <laughs> was it China that banned it or was it Disney that refused to release it in China because of the stuff that's happening in China? That might that doesn't sound like something Disney would do. Well, to to be fair, someone uh, did that recently. I th- think it might have been that, but be, I'm not to sure. To be fair, though, Disney's not releasing the movie at Sony, so that's also a factor. Oh, well, you know what I mean? That, but, yeah, true. But nevertheless, I think it's a combination of both of those things. But at the same time, I do know that um, the Chinese government they basically limit the amount of international films that they'll be willing to sort of distribute. Um, and I think it's a pretty low number, like 20, only 20 or 30 movies a year they're willing to do that with. So that may also be a factor who knows, but, um, but yeah, I mean, good news for, for Sony indeed. And can we just for a second talk about how much of an ego boost this is going to be for Sony in like the worst ways possible, most likely just the (laughs) absolute, just the absolute worst ways possible. No, but I think they do saying that jokingly, I do think they understand that uh, they couldn't do without Marvel's help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're too cocky, but yes, but they're going to get cocky about things like Venom and Morbius and like all the other shit that they're doing that we had to watch the trailer for twice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All the other shit that they're doing in this, in, you know, the Sony spider verse, so to speak. So, um, what is the spum spum Nick or whatever the hell they call it? Yeah. Um, The the Sony Spider-Man dumbass. Yeah. That one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but exciting A stuff very quick Google search just says the film has not been released in China due to the country's new policies. That's what That's, I just hey, found as well. Go. That's okay. all. It yeah. Says. It's still unclear from. They're very anti-spider. I think is what it <laughs> very is. Very anti-spider. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So what else we got, Lauren? Well, you know who also is kind of anti-spider slash anti-superhero is apparently Martin Scorsese. Um, And, you know, this is not necessarily new news. The fact like Scorsese's feelings on superhero movies not being quote unquote art. Um, But what is new is Tom Holland has come out with a statement kind of defending um, superhero movies and why they're just as good um, as Oscar movies, though, uh, I got to say, No Way Home has already gotten a lot of Oscar buzz and some categories, they're on the short list already. So, yeah, yeah, I think he has a point to some degree. Absolutely. Um, Definitely. Do you you want to read the the quote or do you you want me to read it? Um, Yeah, I can read it. There's kind of two parts to it and I'm going to read 
both of them because I think the second part is equally as valid too. Yeah. But um, yeah. he says, you can ask Scorsese, would you want to make a Marvel movie? But he doesn't know what that's like because he's never made one. I've made Marvel movies and I've also made movies that have been in the conversation in the world of the Oscars. But the only difference really is one is much more expensive than the other. But the way I break down the character, the way the director etches out the arc of the story and characters, it's all the same, just done on a different scale. So I think I do think they're real art. When you're making these films, you know that good or bad, millions of people will see them. Whereas when you're making a small indie film, if it's not very good, no one will watch it. So it comes with different levels of pressure. I mean, you can also ask Benedict Cumberbatch or Robert Downey Jr. or Scarlett Johansson, people who have made the kinds of movies that are Oscar worthy and also made superhero movies. And they will tell you that they're the same, just on a different scale. And there's less spandex in Oscar movies. Kind of sounds like he's backpedaling a little bit, no? Yeah, a little bit, but like, and that's this is I don't know. This is the thing is like, and I kind of hinted this to you guys, you know, before we recorded. But I think that there's I'm torn on on his comments, I guess, if you will, on this yeah. thing because, you know, I think he is right to a certain degree, right? Like all movies are really the same. It's just a matter of how big your budget is. You know, whether yeah. you're making a two hundred million dollar movie or you're making a two thousand dollar movie. A lot of the issues are still the same. You know, they're just on a larger scale. Um, you're still problem solving at the end of the day. That's what filmmaking is at its very core, in my opinion. So I, I agree with that, and I, I do get that. But at the same time, you know, saying, oh, uh, he's never made one of these movies, and I'd like to see him make one of these. Essentially, that's kind of like what he's saying. Like, I'd like to see Scorsese make a movie like this, you know. And it's like, here's the thing. Scorsese could make a Marvel movie no problem. But sure. Could someone who directs a Marvel movie make a film about the Dalai Lama or make a film about Jesus Christ? Well, the answer to that, at, is, the answer to that is no. I disagree. If you look yeah. at the types of directors that Marvel are like trying to harvest, they're well, all indie directors, right? So I think they, so I think they totally could. Some yes. of them, some, some of, them. of them, definitely not. But like uh, to say that nobody who directed a Marvel movie can make a Scorsese level movie, I think is just naive. Kenneth like, Branagh. Exactly, yeah. Kenabrana. Totally. I mean, I even think the Russo brothers could make something. Yeah, like I mean, they tried Oscar to do that with quality. Cherry, and that was no I mean, way. That was just level. more of a passion project than it was like. It was you know, their, trying it was their to make. Oscar movie. They even said it. They said we want to go oh. make a little movie. That's well, how, they you know, up. like yeah, exactly. That's what that, <laughs> like that's what I'm saying is like you know again I I think that they're especially with the way Marvel's going now like they you know people like Taika Waititi and um, yeah you know uh, Chloe exactly uh, he did make an Oscar movie like <laughs> ex exactly and so I think there are certain exceptions to that and Marvel's getting more keen in terms of trying to hire those kind of people um but at the same time I still feel like most not most some of those directors wouldn't be able to hold a candle to someone like Scorsese so I do think his comments are sure. a little naive in terms of like you know, assuming that Scorsese couldn't make a Marvel movie. And like the funny thing is, he say that. that he just said he hasn't made it. So he doesn't know what it's like in comparison to the yeah, type of I mean, movie. This, he is, makes. this is also the guy who made a $130, $140 million movie about uh, feudal Japan and, and that uh, like about his bargain with Christianity, essentially like a period piece set in feudal Japan. So it's not like Scorsese hasn't made big budget movies. I mean, he made the Irish yeah. one. It was $230 million. Yes. Yeah. There's not fight scenes and all this stuff. And there's still effects in that movie. So it's like, it's again, oh, assuming a that like, fight scene in that movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, but uh, you know, and that's not to say like the Irishman is some sort of masterpiece, but like he has made small movies and he has made big movies. And I think sure, that's yeah. where yeah. that's, 
this comments like this become a little short-sighted, although at the same time, I do agree with him. So that's kind of my piece. Yeah. Well, and I think the fact that he has named uh, the other Oscar, the other actors who have won Oscars right, yeah. that, have also, yeah. that are also full-time Marvel superheroes, like, yeah. I think he does have a valid point of, like, those people who have been part of these films that Scorsese likes to make. Yeah also choose to make these films. So like, yeah. I don't think people who have won Oscars would necessarily be making superhero movies if there right. wasn't some form of exactly. art or similar process to yeah. it. And I mean, so. honestly, to be a successful actor these days, you kind of have to be in a franchise of some kind, like for brand yeah. awareness and yeah. all that stuff. Like you, it's almost a prerequisite at this point. But I, like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I think this argument is dumb. Like, I, I think there's room for I both. agree with that. You know what I mean? Like, the whole Scorsese Marvel thing, like, it feels like this manufactured thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That keeps being, it is beating a dead horse in a lot of ways. So, I'll leave it at that, but... Well, um, we'll see what the Oscars have to say this year. Yeah, so. yeah. And well, and I honestly, I think that that's the more interesting thing is, do you guys think this movie actually has a shot at getting nominated for, like, serious awards, like Black Panther level, you know, best picture kind of stuff? No. No, no, and I'm okay. fine with that. Yeah, that's not me what too. I want out of my Spider-Man me movie. Me too, because there's yeah. all these there's all these articles, and they feel so clickbaity online, where it's like, oh, what are the Oscar chances of No Way Home? This and that, and yeah, you know, not and, at all. And I'm just like, isn't... I think they've they've already been shortlisted for technical Oscars well, at course, the very yeah. least. That I'm okay yeah, with. I mean, yeah, that's but nothing Black Panther. Like, I'm not gonna. That's not if my if like if I got my ideal Spider-Man movie. It would be pretty close to No Way Home. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be so far away from best picture contention as you could ever possibly be. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, that is not what I want out of a Spider-Man movie. What do you think about best actor though? Like even any major categories like that, or maybe cinematography, you know, like, cause these are things yeah. people are talking about and I'm like, feels like the billion dollars is enough. Like, I don't think that yeah. apparently they're going to campaign for certain honestly maybe categories. supporting actor i was gonna not, say supporting yeah but not but not yeah main it would be pretty cool nah. if, if defoe got nominated even that's what that, i think that's who i was yeah that's who i yeah. was thinking of yeah um, i mean who else me, would it be <laughs> right let me pose this question to you if martin scorsese was to direct any marvel project and i'm not just talking about characters we have now or people that we've seen just in the in the marvel universe what character would you want to see scorsese tackle because uh, I kind of think the Punisher. That'd be cool. I want to see him do a J. Jonah Jameson movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, dude, honestly, I I don't even know what I'd say. I'm trying to think of stuff that would come right off the top of my like head. Pluck, but pluck John Bernthal out of the Netflix universe because we now have, you know, other people from that universe in the MCU mm -hmm. and let, let him do like a gritty... Uh, uh, Punisher Frank Castle origin story or some shit like that. What, okay, I know what I would do. Oh, I was gonna say Jessica Jones too. So, yeah. so what I would do is I would have him direct a six episode miniseries uh, about the Kingpin because oh. I think that would fit in his sensibilities perfectly, kind of like the world yeah. of crime and all that stuff. Uh -huh. But right. what I would do is I would use that as a backdoor to bring Frank Castle, Jessica Jones, right. uh, Colleen Wing, even is one of my favorite mm. characters from from that universe if you will and yeah. use that as a backdoor to bring those characters in and That'd that be way cool. i think that would be yeah. scorsese's show an mcu gangster show pretty much pretty much and then cool. we could see more tra tracksuit boys as well i'll call him <laughs> i'll call him up i'll call up my old pal marty and we'll see what we can yeah. do 
that's funny. But uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it on the news front today. Indeed, yeah, pretty pretty uh pretty light news week. I mean, it makes sense. You know, the, the industry is kind of off for the holidays, so mm-hmm. not a whole ton of stuff. But we did we did get a few trailers, like a, a, a surprising couple. a surprising yeah. amount. Um, for this late in the year, usually they release everything early December and then it's kind of light yeah, at the end yeah. of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one that we got, and uh, I'm going to have to take a second to get my bearings here. Um, but the first one that we have is something that we saw at the end of the Spider-Man trailer. And that is, of course, the, the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. the Spider-Man movie is a post credit <laughs> scene, but they actually released it um, as a standalone trailer now. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Indeed, and here we go. So that was from the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, we can play audio live now. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> great Whoa. i know right we can get we can get all those teases in i'm um, old man this is so cool so uh, you know I, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit during our previous episode the review of spider-man uh no way home but i figured it would be a good time to kind of break this trailer down a little bit more get your guys' thoughts so i mean what are your initial impressions uh, after having a chance to kind of really soak this thing in yeah, I just really like the reiteration of like the multiverse is something we know frighteningly little about, which is, yeah. you know, if you take just the sheer power of someone like Doctor Strange and if he seems to be afraid of it, it's got to be pretty scary. Yeah, that's very true. I just am uh, intrigued by the fact that it looks like um, it might be crossing over with what if. Yeah, right. With the evil or strange supreme or you know, yeah. whatever. The yeah. evil strange. Um, you know, obviously we don't know a ton cause it's just kind of flashes of images that we see, but it seems to echo that episode. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually cross that over or if they just do a version, a different version of that story right. as well. I don't know. Um, but we do see some returning characters in the trailer also. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if anything on that what if tip, uh, it sort of justifies that series as a, existing. You know what I mean? Other than mm-hmm. like just being a standalone thing. Like, I think that was one of the biggest questions that we had in terms of, you know, is this going to be something that's going to play into the other properties, into the MCU as a whole? Or is it just going to be a one off, you know? Right. Yeah. And well, I think we kind of got an answer with that of like Marvel Zombies coming out, but yeah. to see it crossover from animation to live action, I mm-hmm. think is where the bigger surprise is. Exactly. And and I think, you know, uh, let's put it this way. I would not be surprised if, if, if they cherry pick, you know, things mm-hmm. that, that are part of the larger universe and that aren't. For sure. But I think it's smart to like take those things you've set up. And for me, it, the answer would be to, to that question is uh, essentially those are going to be still probably separate universes, but still have some mm-hmm. tangential relation to like this one, much like what they did with uh, with No Way Home, you know, where it's yeah, a slightly sure. altered version of that character, if you will. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm curious as to so like we know that Miss America, uh, America Chavez is going to be in this movie and i'm just curious as to how they're gonna i don't want to say make that work but i'm curious to see how they're going to introduce her into something like this it just seems like every major 
player in the MCU, like Iron Man, you know, how everyone was kind of complaining that Spider-Man was just kind of like Iron Boy, right? Um, yeah. I, like, now they just seem to be doing another, like, ooh, I have a protege that I need to fucking teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious as to how she plays into it, right? Like, if it's if it's America Chavez, like, Miss America, shouldn't this be maybe in Cap 4? Or, you know, like, a woman of color being trained by uh, Anthony Mackie to be, you know, like a Captain mm-hmm. America Jr.? Like, why why is she in the multiverse of madness? That's That's what I want to know. Yeah. Maybe she comes over from a different universe. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions in this trailer. Um, but like you were saying, Lauren, you know, we we also have a lot of things that we knew were gonna happen, like, you know, Mordo, of course, making a return, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With some um, hair. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> getting a getting a different look going on, which which I dig. He's got that Heimdall and Thor Ragnarok kind of he did. dread yeah, long dread look going on, which is tight. Yeah. Um I, it's gonna be interesting to see how big of a uh, role Mordo plays in this movie. I have a feeling that they're going to kind of save him for a third film if they do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in this one, he's going to be kind of more of, is he good? Is he bad? Even though, you know, we kind of know he totes that line. But, uh, you know, we also see uh, a pretty significant, what feels like a scene with with uh, Wanda, you know, out in yeah. the cabin. And she's kind of living her uh, her best life, I guess, if you will, out there. Her best witch life. <laughs> Yeah, I love that she's like, oops, sorry about uh, what I did to those people. And he's like, I don't really care about that. Yeah, (laughs) I got bigger fish to fry. He's like, yeah, 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 you hurt some people over there. I don't really care. What about the multiverse, though? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, he he goes out and seeks her help. But Mm -hmm. then is she going to become a bad guy? I don't know that i think that's the case Mm. i i have a feeling that something's gonna happen to where it's like um like there's gonna be some fight between them like in this movie it's almost like a uh, i think of like the avengers you know how like you know cap and uh tony and thor fight like before they kind of thing so well here's the other question i have too is like that scene that we see in this trailer then how does the after credits to WandaVision tie in? Like, is that after credits post this conversation with Strange, pre the conversation with Strange? Yeah, yeah. I think definitely something could probably go awry with Wanda's sort of psyche or maybe some she loses control in some way. Um, My guess is, is that is a scene from Strange, like post this conversation. Right. Yeah. I think he's yeah. like multiverse and she's like, I'm going to go do witch stuff. And then I hear my children. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to have to probably, I would say if anything, she probably just like starts going a little insane trying to find her kids. Yeah. If I was to, yeah, if I was a bit, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, unless there's anything else you guys have to say, pretty interesting stuff. I mean, I have a feeling that, that w- this trailer is barely just scratching the surface in terms of what we're going to see in this film. So I would imagine there's wild, wild rumors about this movie. Yeah. It's going to be kind of insane. I think Um, like, I think no way home was kind of an appetizer to multiverse of madness in a lot of ways. So we'll see. It would be super cool if uh, they, and you know what, after no way home, I'm not going to say like, that nothing like there's nothing that's not possible. Um, I think it would be cool if the multiverse of madness, we saw like 
small glimpses of like, you know, the first uh, like Fantastic Four movie, you know what mm. I mean? Or like, yeah. the, or like the X-Men universe, you know, mm. like the Fox verse, you know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. small glimpses of Doctor Strange just being like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, so yeah, up next we have a trailer for the long delayed film Death on the Nile. I didn't watch this. meet Hercule Poirot. My congratulations, madame. Merci. He's only the greatest detective alive. I suspect you invited me for reasons other than the fun. You had something to hide. We have the Karnak all to ourselves, a chef and enough champagne to fill the Nile. Sorry, I just wanted to get to that bit of enough champagne to fill the Nile because it's just so bad. <laughs> oh my God. The only thing I know about this movie is that it's a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Which I don't even think I watched that, honestly. I definitely did not watch it. But I now I kind either. of want to after seeing this trailer because I'm... Really? Well, I'm a little intrigued. This movie looks a little insane to me. Okay. Um, particularly with the casting choices as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Real life cannibal army hammer. <laughs> well, yeah. So that is the thing is I've seen going around. They're saying how they're like burying the lead in this marketing campaign mm-hmm. that he's in the movie for obvious reasons. They're but clearly trying name, to hide him. Yeah. I, I don't think you see him literally at all in this trailer until his name pops up at the end. What's that? I don't was know if he, he was in the first, first movie. Was he no. in the murder no. on the Orient Express? No. no. This is like a whole. I new think cast. it's mostly a different cast. Yeah, aside the only from returning. Brana, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Yeah. returns okay. Perot, but um, but yeah, I mean, not only do you have Army Hammer, which basically all the shots of him in this trailer are like the side of his face or like the back of his head. Um, yeah. They, see, I didn't even realize he was in, in this trailer. If you look close, like they tried to hide a lot of people in this movie. Another one's Letitia Wright. She has maybe one shot in the movie. She, there's a cup, a couple. Yeah. Miss yeah. or Letitia Wright. Yep. And then, uh, God, there's a whole box of worms, a whole bag of worms, can of worms, whatever you want to call it, that could be open in terms of, of that discussion. Um, <laughs> in, a box of worms. Hey. Uh, and then also you have Russell Brand, who's uh, problematic in his own right recently. So. Yeah, I mean, you have a real trifecta. What did he do? Of, uh, he's just spouting conspiracy theories, and like, I'm pretty sure he's anti-vax, uh, and uh, he's like a Joe Rogan type, you know, um, mm, that's and who has a plat who has a platform. So famous British Joe Rogan, Russell Brand. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. I mean, it's kind of like what he's becoming. Unfortunately, I will yeah. say though, he kind of looks incredible in this movie. Yeah, he, you almost don't it recognize looks, him. If yeah, if you don't know he's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, part of what intrigues me is like not only his like physical look in it, but the little bit of dialogue that you get from him mm-hmm. seems like a very different character from anything we've seen him do before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, this movie, l- let's put it this way. This movie was supposed to come out three years ago. Kenneth Branagh's the movie he made after this Belfast is currently in release right now. So that gives well, you an yeah. idea Things of how that. long this movie has been waiting to come out. And, you know, at a certain point, you just got to say, fuck it and pull in new mutants and just put it out there, because whether people that, care yeah. or not, Christ. you know, <laughs> so has it not come out because of everybody like tied to it is problematic. Or I think it was a, the... a big a pandemic, like was a yeah. big part of it. But I know mm-hmm. that the release date was moved even a couple times before the pandemic began. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's a, a classic new new mutants, you know? Yeah. yeah. I also am like confused by Gal Gadot's casting in this, but. 
I'm yeah. often confused by her casting in a lot of yeah. things. So yeah. agreed. It's funny because I used to like her in a lot of stuff, and the more I see her, I think the more I dislike her in a lot yeah. of stuff. Like not to say I hate her or anything. I'm just I'm not blown away by any of her performances recently. I so don't think she has a range. Yeah. So agreed. Agreed. Um, cool. Yeah. Let's move on. Thanks for her. So <laughs> next we have a trailer for a new Showtime series called Super Pumped. Let's check it out. This is the thing about changing the world. It never wants to be changed. It'll dig in its heels and try to crush you. But fortunately for us, we are in the world changing business. So that's a little bit from the trailer for Super Pumped. This is a show about the founding of Uber, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Indeed, is it indeed. I haven't, I haven't watched the trailer, but from that audio, it sounded like JGL. <laughs> yeah, good. Good to know that I put all the show notes together for you there, Joel. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but uh, seriously, hey man, though, I watched what seems interesting to me, the, the, and that didn't <laughs> sound interesting. Right. Neither did. I. The, so first of all, this. Full disclosure here. Um, so I actually worked on this movie, not on set, but I uh, shot uh, some of the driving plates for the film or for the series. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I was actually away doing in San Francisco, Joel. Um, oh, was working nice. On. nice. I, I nice, actually nice. didn't know what the project was. I just knew what the title of it was. Um, and it's funny because we actually shot the front of the headquarters of Uber. And I'm like, why are we shooting like, right yeah. in front of the Uber <laughs> building? And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense because it's a show yeah. about Uber. Um, but we also shot That's in Palo funny. Alto and stuff. So I just wanted to, to, mm. to point that out because that, that was kind of fun for me. But otherwise, I feel like this kind of feels like a little bit of a knockoff uh, social, uh, network. social network yeah. in a lot of ways. And it's from the people who uh, made billions and all that stuff. So mm. everybody's trying to do succession and nobody can do it right, you know? Yeah. Okay, Taylor. <laughs> it's true, though. That billions is like a su- oh, uh, I'm sorry. Too. Uma Thurman as Ariana Huffington is yeah. uh, genius casting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. And then, uh, Just yeah, saying. The, that is fucking amazing. Yeah. There's 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 some really good casting in this. I think Kyle Chandler's in it as well. Um, yeah, he yeah. is. So, yeah. Some good stuff going on there. I mean, this is just, yeah. a, this is just a teaser trailer, but I think the series is coming out yeah. early next year. So, um, I'll be watching it. Um, I, I mean, I didn't even know that JGL was doing anything anymore same here aside I mean, from hit record stuff you yeah. know yeah right he so. is he he um he took a little bit of a break from acting yeah. but in the last like two well, years he had he's, a kid too yeah so. exactly that's what he said he um, wanted to raise his kids and stuff but uh he's been doing projects like selectively so yeah, yeah. so well i mean i always love him so i'm yeah, excited to here. he's one of my favorite actors see what it what he does with this so yep i've Check yeah i mean jgl's the man dude yeah absolutely you mean robin <laughs> Exactly. Forever. Not the OG Robin. <laughs> the Robin. He's the he's the Andrew Garfield of Robins. Yeah. He never got to see the full potential of his of his role. You know, Taylor. I have so much time on a flight coming up soon. If you want me to watch Succession, I just need an HBO login. Um, uh, we'll talk later. We'll talk yeah. later. I can watch the show for you. Yeah. We'll uh, my last plug on the HBO login. Uh, it's no longer working. So. <laughs> Damn it. R I R I P that one. Right. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to the next thing. Uh, up next, we have a new trailer for the Harry Potter reunion uh, special. So let's uh, check that out. I hate these trailers before the trailers. Make it the happiest you can remember. It feels like no time has passed and loads of time has passed. 
breath, and this is the perfect time to sit down with everyone and reminisce. The thing that scared me the most was the implication that the most meaningful thing in our life was done. And there's something so joyous about seeing everyone. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, that's a little tease on the Harry Potter special. Lauren, what'd you think about this? I know you're our resident Harry Potter expert. Yeah. I mean, so it's very obviously a hot button topic, um, lately of just, you know, Mm. holding on the franchise and, and whatnot. And I have a lot of friends who have very mixed feelings and a lot who are giving up Harry Potter in general. Mm. Um, for me, I'm kind of in the middle grounds. Um, but I, to be honest, I will probably watch this. Um, and just watching the trailer, like I got a little misty eyed. I'm not going to lie. Like seeing them walk through the sets again, I was like, I have been there. (laughs) I have now walked there twice. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just very interested to see what they do with this reunion thing. And like, I'm excited to hear any stories that come out of it and reflections that come out of it just because, you know, aside from obviously, horrible jk aside um it has been such a huge part of my life as well um not even ever having a hand in it you know so to to see how it's affected all of their lives and and everything i think will be pretty cool Yeah. yeah i really enjoy the quote and it's just something really like rough to think about um not rough but you know like him saying like one of the biggest parts of our life now is like over, right? Like imagine mm-hmm. that's like one of the only things you do for yeah. your entire teenage years, right? Like you start as a child. So your whole childhood. T- you're, yeah. You're, yeah. Most of your life, I guess not now because it's been 20 years since, but like, you know, like most of well, your but life. But 20 years since it started. Since the beginning, so right? Yeah. Still over half their lives. Like it's insane to think about that. Um, yeah. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but like, I'm huge Harry Potter fan as well, man. Like I read, I've, I've read every single book, um, seen all the movies, you know, multiple times. Yeah. Um, who do you think my favorite Harry Potter character is? I think Lauren might know this one. Mm. Um, I'm going to say Snape. No, God, no. Minor character, minor, minor character, a teacher. I was gonna say Lupin. It's yeah, it's fucking yeah. Lupin. <laughs> it's fucking Lupin. Lupin. <laughs> my boy, my boy Lupin. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the fucking best man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very true. But you know, so if he's not in this, I'm gonna be pissed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I know we see Gary Oldman and yeah. Ray Fiennes in the trailer. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah. My boy Remus better be in there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I'm more excited to watch this than <laughs> the other thing that just released a trailer in this universe, Fantastic Beast Three. Yeah. Um, which you know we've been debating all day whether or not we talked about it on the podcast. So we're just going to talk about it a little bit again, yeah. just in case. Um, I <laughs> Taylor, you said it really well earlier. I think that uh, you're not sure who they're making this for anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know that they're sure who they're making it for either. And I think it's another film like Niall that is just surrounded by so much controversy based on JK and then everything with Johnny and now replacing him with Mads. And I 
still have very mixed feelings on that in general as well. But yeah. like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Also, I don't know if we have any verdict on are they keeping it five movies or are they ending it with this one? God, yeah. I hope they end it with this one. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again, I'm probably going to watch that movie. Yeah. But I am just quite confused on what's going on with this it. And also, in. also they, sorry, Joel, but I just have no, to say, they introduced new characters in this trailer. Yeah. Like yeah. we know who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, what we, did we not spend the last movie like setting up people? What is happening? I'm yeah. so confused. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, it's, you know, JK Rowling is clearly not a screenwriter and this is like basically all her at this point. And one of my biggest criticisms of the previous fantastic beast movie was that it was written by her whereas it should have been written by somebody else like the sure. original movies you know steve i think it was steve cloves or steve clovis i'm not sure how you pronounce it uh yeah. wrote all the films uh so you know like having that separate voice that knows how to tell a story and isn't attached to the source material in the way that she is mm-hmm. it, it, you can tell the at difference. least co-writing yeah yeah exactly at least having some sort of other voice in there instead of just thinking that whatever you do is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see, you know, uh, not too excited for that film, but like you said, I'll probably catch it at some point, probably on, yeah. on home video. I'd say. Yeah. I well, haven't seen a single one of those movies. You're not missing much. Yeah. I know. Unfortunately. Um, but it'll probably be day and date, right? Cause it's WB. Uh, well, it depends. They haven't announced what they're going to do with their 2023 slate, whether they're going full theatrical oh. or they're doing the HBO Max thing again. They only announced Wait, that Wait, but it comes year. out... Oh, oh, so 2022, you mean? Sorry, 2022, my bad. Okay. I'm, I'm already <laughs> in like, 2022 mode, guys. Year, I'm already they? thinking it's next year, you know? <laughs> um. Okay, so, I mean, unless you guys have any other uh, ideas Joel had breaking news. Uh, oh. I was going to say, the guy that plays Dean Thomas is going to be in it, but not my boy Lupin, so... Aww. Oh, in the reunion? <sighs> Dean Thomas can suck it. I Where's almost saw him in Romeo and Juliet at the Globe. Really? Yeah, but That's I didn't awesome. end up making it before I left. Heck yeah. Um, all right, let's move on from that. Next, we have a new trailer for uh, Uncharted. Hey, kid. I'm a little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here. Why the map? Some hideous treasure that's never been found. Five billion, easy. Is there any more boring movie, any more boring movie trailers than these Uncharted trailers? Like, they're just so... Well, that star- did that not start exactly the same as the last one? It did. It did, it did. Yeah. But they changed. Oh, that's okay. the funny part. That's that's why I thought it was hilarious. Uh, they did put some stuff in the end, uh, like a lot of new action bits and stuff like that. So what were your hmm. thoughts on this, Joel? My only thing about... <laughs> hey, thanks. Uh, my only thing about this is they've now shown the cargo plane action sequence yeah and now at the end of this trailer they've shown the insane like po- like flying pirate ship thing w- there's no way there's anything bigger than those two action sequences right so they've literally and i know some trailers just blow their load early you know and it seems like this is one of those movies that is just yeah there's no way there's anything bigger than that i think they're just like oh look see we are doing the big things from the game in this movie that's my only guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think the I think one was from the movie. I, I would not be surprised. Oh, okay, I don't if, know. I know the cargo plane one was. Yeah, yeah, I would not be surprised if that cargo plane scene is maybe the opening action sequence. 
and it's not oh, as big of a it. sequence as we think it is because the stuff we're seeing at the end of this trailer feels like third act stuff, you know? Uh, like, there's a lot of big, uh, big, if you want to call it, that's what they think it is, is these big moments, you know what I mean? And I, I, I there's this trend in trailers, too, that kind of bugs me where they, like, almost show you, a, like, a, a sizzled version of, like, an action sequence oh. where it's, like, yeah. showing you the biggest moments. And it's like, no, because that kind of ruins the progression of how the storytelling of an action sequence plays out. Like I'd rather just see a couple of the big splash shots. And then when you watch the movie, you're like, Oh yeah, I've seen that shot. That's cool. How that plays in as opposed to like knowing how a scene is going to play out before you even yeah. watch the yeah. movie, you know? So that's the one thing that I was just like, again, I'll probably end up watching this movie, but I have a feeling that this movie is going to be an assassin's creed level of bomb in terms of like video game movie with tons of expectations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'm definitely going to watch it. You know, I don't think that needs to be said. Um, but yeah, I'm really not excited for this movie. <laughs> and it's sad to say that. Yeah, I don't know that I'll see this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's Too probably going to have to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Hey, that hasn't stopped any of us before. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> very, very true. Today, um, including. Yeah, I mean, so we'll see. You know, I think this movie comes out in, like, February or something, right? So it's it's coming pretty soon. Um, just in time for my birthday. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Just in time for the anniversary of me becoming Joel Trivia Champion. What a... Uh, <laughs> which was also predicated on... Uh, which was also predicated on Uncharted, so... It, 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 indeed it was. <laughs> oh, man, it's too good. All right, let's move on from this. Finally, we have... I guess the big surprise trailer that we weren't really expecting that yeah. basically dropped like right before we started recording, but we got a new trailer for the Batman. Let's take a listen. Yeah, we did. Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. You know, you really could be doing more for this city. family has a history of philanthropy, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. Alrighty. And that's the, uh, that's the teaser right there for the trailer, which, uh, <laughs> holy hell, There's guys, this so movie, much in this trailer, this movie yeah. looks so good, like <laughs> unequivocally I'm so good. I'm not going to lie. I kind of tuned out during this trailer because so much was happening. And I was like, I'm already going to see this movie. Um, I can't even process all this stuff right now because I just want to see it in the movie. Seriously, right? I, I think the biggest thing is that this obviously is a little bit more focused on uh, kind of the character relationships in the story. Yeah. Um, yeah obviously yeah. with Catwoman, you know, being the prime example of that. But we also get... Uh, a lot more stuff from Paul Dano's Riddler, which has really right, only been teased before. So sounds yeah. really cool so yeah. far. So yeah, I mean, I think he's. I mean, do we ever doubt that Paul Dano wasn't going to do an amazing job in this no. role? I mean, no. let's never. be honest. But even with that sentiment, I feel like this has just blown me away even more. Like he just sounds so incredible and so yeah. menacing in this movie, and we really even haven't seen. Like all we're hearing is really just audio. You know, like we haven't really seen the full Riddler right. Dano effect in this movie, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's exciting. And 
Uh, I mean, the action looks incredible and it looks like we're going to get a variety of different action. It's not just all going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the cinematography, of course, looks just stunning. Stunning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we might get our uh, second year of awesome green villains. <laughs> right? I really enjoyed... Um, I don't know, and it's they may be kind of changing Batman lore here, which we'll see if, like, uh, Matt Reeves can do this properly because it seems like at, at some point in this trailer, he goes, like, how am I involved in this? And Riddler's like, oh, you're not as smart as I thought. And then there's the shot of, like, Bruce telling... Um, Gollum that he lied to him, um, <laughs> and it's so it seems like maybe the Waynes are involved in some things that like maybe isn't typical Batman backstory, right? Yeah, it like, like there's maybe more to that. Yeah, um, and you know if Matt Reeves wants to make the change, I trust him to do so, but we'll see how it plays out. Um, yeah, I just I found that line to be curious. Indeed. Well, and he also like names Bruce like the Riddler names Bruce Wayne so it'll be interesting to see if he's talking to Bruce or if he's talking to Batman right yeah yeah. it'd be great if he hated them both and didn't know it was the same guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah I was gonna say it's kind of been done in Batman forever a little bit but not quite to that extent but still yeah yeah, I mean look uh, I think again the cinematography by um, fuck what's his name let me look it up real quick Uh, it is Greg Frazier, who's the guy who shot Dune. Mm. Um, oh, shit, really? He wow. shot uh, Rogue One as well. So, like, this guy has oh, some amazing okay. credits, and, like, he's you know he's been working pretty steadily for the last decade. But, I mean, the cinematography on this movie, I think, might be, like, an all-time comic book movie. It looks you know, Greatness, nuts. basically. Yeah. Like, I would not be surprised if this movie gets nominated for, like, some serious awards, um, which is funny because wow. we were just talking about Interesting. Spider-Man uh, being an awards contender. But, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say on this, if there's any other thoughts you have, but uh, it, <sighs> it just, just looks seems so incredible. Like, every fight scene in this is just, like, life-or-death brutality, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed mm-hmm. to, like, ooh, we're punching some things, and it's like, I'm going to get out of this. It's fine. It's like, the you know, in the first trailer, which is repeated in this trailer, is like the hallway scene, right, where they're shooting him. And then in the very first teaser we ever got was, like, when he beats the shit out of that Joker guy. And then in this one, when he jumps down into the, it looks like some kind of like a sporting event on top of the like Jumbotron or whatever. And it looks like he's got some sort of like a barbed wire bat maybe. And he's just Mm -hmm. beating the living fuck out of these guys. And it's like, this ain't your mama's Batman, dude. Like this guy's, (laughs) this guy's fucking out for blood. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks gangster. Yep. It's going to be good. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, this movie comes out in three months, so. Just gotta wait now. Just a waiting game, yeah. you know. I don't, but I don't, but I don't wanna. I know. I really hope they release this movie on HBO Max, which I know they won't. But I mean, we'll see. Give it to me just now, so I can watch it like a million times. Yeah, right. It's just play, yeah, it, just play it, on it on loop. loop. You know, play yeah. it on a loop for thirty <laughs> days until it expires, and then when it comes Ugh. back, play it on a loop. You know. We know you um, would too. That's I would. Thing. I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. I, I've probably seen each of the Batman movies at least. 10 or 15 times some of them much much more like batman forever i've probably watched that movie like over 100 times don't judge me yeah jesus yeah. <laughs> well it's just putting it on in the background putting it on yeah, in yeah. bed or whatever but um but yeah so uh unless you guys have anything else i guess we can uh jump on into the main topic yeah yeah we're gonna jump on into the bathroom and then we can go Alrighty. to the main topic sounds good <laughs>
almost Christmas. I can't go. Till it fixes. Should we be worried? I'll be home for Christmas. I promise. Uh, Hey, I recognize that voice. Hi. Hi. So good. I love it. My favorite part about, oh yeah, we're doing a Hawkeye. Woo, episode five and six. My favorite part. Spoilers. About the beginning of this episode is just more background on the blip, I think. Indeed. Right? Yeah. She goes to splash her face and then is just immediately back in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, was really fucking cool honestly yeah it was it was interesting to see it from that perspective because we haven't actually experienced it as someone has experienced it you know right in the universe like you know obviously in wandavision we saw uh what happened when uh monica basically reappeared but it wasn't necessarily from her pov so to see that it essentially was instantaneous like that is actually it makes Insane. sense, but it was kind of surprising a little bit, you know what I mean, in yeah. terms of uh, yeah the way that's handled and the and the essentially the shock value for the character of that moment. Yeah, I it, uh, it just the the effects in that were just so good, and how like when she came back, the room around her started to change was mm-hmm. fucking rad. Yeah, that was an expensive uh, expensive shot, that's for sure. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, um, yeah, and and we do get to see a little bit of uh, of Yelena before that, like kind of doing Black Widowy stuff, which is cool because she's essentially yeah. like hunting down another widow. Um, yeah. Which I'm not sure yeah. if there's maybe a bigger story there that you know is kind of burying the lead a little bit on this show. She's out uh, trying to cure all of them. Yeah, the, she's yeah. yeah. It, it's the end of the movie. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying is there's another yeah. story there that's yet to be told. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, her adventures in widow curing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then she 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 returns, and then we have like that kind of moment where there's like another family uh, in the in the home. Essentially, well, no, it's her. It's the same. It's the same widow. widow. It is, she was like, down with yeah, yeah. With, oh, sorry, with the rest family. of her family. Yeah. That's yeah. what I meant. With her new family, or right, yeah. I guess if that's what you her want whole to family. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting too because it was a it was like a super cold open into this Yelena bit before the even previously on popped in. Yeah, which I thought was strange. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there there, there there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of little things in this um, in this sort of cold open um, that can be sort of extrapolated, you know, in terms of you know all the other stuff that's that's going on in terms of the time that's passed and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I've been really enjoying these kind of like glimpses into the past a little bit, especially like, uh, you know, with the first episode, how they kind of showed, you know, Hawkeye from from Kate's perspective, like things like that, that I think are, mm-hmm. are really fun that these shows can add um, yeah. sort of to the lore that you don't. I mean, you do have time in movies, but you have more time to do stuff like that in, in shows like this. So I've been oh, enjoying for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much we need to talk about this episode if we can just get to the finale, but there's a few things in this episode that were noteworthy, like 
Kate coming home. That after, scene. You know, Clint tells her to go home. Like, we're not partners anymore in the last episode. Yeah. And then Kate shows up and Yelena's there eating macaroni and cheese. And they kind of have a conversation about why she's there. Don't get in my way or I'll kill you kind of thing. Yeah, that um, seems uh that seems great. I mean, that's that's a huge um setup for I'm sure what's to come in the future, but I love that the way the way they set up their dynamic in terms of yeah. like frenemies a little bit, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. respect each other. Yeah. Sort of yeah, thing. and and in a lot of ways like I could see, you know, in a different scenario how those two could be like really good friends or even besties to a certain respect. So yeah, like I kind of I've seen of, people <laughs> shipping them also. Yeah. Really? I've kind yeah. of uh, I've kind of I kind of appreciated and respected uh, the way that they kind of set that up. So, yeah, no, it was really yeah. good. Uh, I like to put hot sauce on everything as well. So, uh, <laughs> Yelena and I would yeah. get along quite well. Mm -hmm. well Especially I'm, the I'm the Kate Bishop in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are. <laughs> uh, uh, I do like the dichotomy here of Kate trying to just like reiterate how much of a hero Clint is. And Yelena's like, nah, yeah 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 it well, sets up her reaction in episode six as well right yeah you know she's just so which uh, you know what i also um like you were saying taylor like there's more story to be told with the widow element but i also think there's more story to be told between the post credits of will of widow and yelena popping into this of like does she really only like have these feelings against Clint because of what's her face recruiting her? Like, is that, yeah. Is that the only version she's heard? Yeah. Um, like, or was that the first thing she heard when she got back? Like, yeah, I, I think so. Cause she wouldn't mm -hmm. really know what happened on Vormir unless someone told her. And it seems like the only person who's told her is probably Madame Hydra. Right. So, yeah. And even then, like nobody really knows what happened besides Clint. So like it makes sure, sense. Sure, but he's not the only everyone person. else in the world is like, oh, like Hawkeye killed her, you know? Yeah, Everyone's yeah. like, Oh, she's a hero. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So. so it's yeah, and it definitely I think like and that's kind of what I was trying to get at, Lauren, was like there's a lot of space in between there for, you know, uh, a, a lot of these things to happen in growth and all that stuff. So character wise that is. Um Yeah. So yeah, and then, you know, the other thing too is um we do get a little bit more on on Eleanor, you know what I mean, in terms of her sort of struggle, I guess, if you will, in these last two episodes, which mm -hmm. uh, I thought that they did some interesting things and we kind of knew what they were going to try to do with the character. But I think that uh, there were some interesting surprises in there for sure, as far as, you know, I'm concerned. So I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed this episode for that as well. Yeah, I one of the yeah, they didn't quite try to. We all thought they were going to try to, like, make her the Madam Mask, which mm -hmm. seems like that's her, you know, if they do a season two of the show, that might be who she is. But yeah. uh, they really only connect her to the cliffhanger of this episode, um, which we'll talk about. But the first thing before we get to that, there's a little bit where Clint tries to end the whole Maya coming after Ronan thing mm -hmm. um, by, like, inviting her to the spot where her father died or whatever. Um yeah, I, I don't, this, you know, it made sense for the story, but it was just a little bit of a fight. Um, he tries to convince, like, Maya to stop ch chasing him. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I feel like if I revealed myself to be the person that killed your father and then asked her to be like, yo, chill out, though, like, that wouldn't work. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't right. know what he's. I'm not sure what he thought was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It, it, it that whole storyline has been a little weird to me. Um, yeah. In that regards, but I will say I really liked this fight sequence. Oh, it was a cool um, scene in the yeah, car lot, sure. and like mm-hmm. I think we touched on it with Spider Man last week that you know some of the um, cinematography and setup for the fights was really unique, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like with this episode, even before watching Spider Man, I was I was thinking that here in this scene of like you know sometimes seeing the fight play off in the shadow of or like in the paint on the cars and stuff right. like that like yeah it was really i cool. was watching it being like oh this is i don't know how someone would plan this fight sequence out because it's <laughs> so technical and different yeah so i yeah. i really enjoyed that element like that it at least gave us that even if the story <laughs> element of it yeah didn't necessarily make sense to me or ring true for me i guess i don't know yeah. Yeah, what i'm trying what to saying. say but yeah well i agree yeah i just really can't like get over the fact that clint's whole i guess message to her was like we're the same right like you've killed people and i've killed people so maybe let's call it kind of a truce i guess is what he's trying to do but yeah. like I don't even but I don't even care if I'm a murderer and you're a murderer. Like you killed my dad, so I have a personal vendetta against you, right? Yeah. It's not like Yeah. You know, yeah. like oh, we're both bad people, so I'll let you go. It's like, well, yeah, you're a bad person, but you killed my fucking dad, so But I also think <laughs> it might be something like more along the lines of him being like things aren't what you think they are. Right. Like you would have never guessed that we were the same person. Like Ronan and Hawkeye were the same person. <laughs> right, right, right. So there's more to this story than you realize. So Yeah. Yeah. Check yourself. And Probably. then also, like, he's the one who, like, reveals that it's, like, connected to her uncle or whatever, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of, the end of this episode, so we can just get to the finale, uh, which is was a little bit more balls to the wall than I expected it to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, Yelena reveals to Kate who the person who is who hired Yelena to kill Hawkeye, uh, and it ends out that Eleanor... Um, is doing business with the kingpin. Indeed, and we see a little we see a little cell phone image of Vincent D'Onofrio talking to Kate's mom, mm-hmm. and everyone in the world went uh at the same time. <laughs> I okay. Here's my question though: Is if she's the one who hired her, uh, if if Kate's mom is the one who hired Yelena, then where does Madam Hydra fit in with her mom? kingpin blah 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 because madam hydra is the one that was directly hiring in the moment yelena you know it's a solid question or is it hydra recruited her madam hydra recruited her and kate's mom went through madam hydra's agency or whatever maybe maybe i don't know maybe it's it's also unclear when that madam hydra scene takes place so in and i don't think this will be the case but for the sake of argument, like that could very well take place after the series as well, which again, doesn't mm. make sense, but I don't think yeah. so. point point being is that we, <laughs> we don't know, you know, we, we don't quite know what the timeline of really any of this phase four stuff is quite yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Lauren said, I think it's very possible that maybe Madam mask didn't just call, like, I don't think she has Yelena's phone number. Right. So she called someone and someone sent Yelena and that someone is probably. Yeah. 
Madame Hydra, I would assume, right? Probably. Like, it doesn't seem like they personally know each other, so I doubt she just was like, I got Yelena's phone number. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's pretty much the conclusion of, of episode five, which kind of, you know, obviously sets everything up. My question for you guys at the end of this episode, did it feel like there was still, like, it almost, for me, so it almost much. felt like there was a lot to to resolve. You know what I yes. mean? Like, this, this, this show's doing a lot of legwork in terms of the ground-level MCU, and I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that before we transition. I definitely felt that... Uh I feel like it set up more than it answered for being the penul- penultimate episode. Yeah. <laughs> and Which, I, I mean, did not know how they were going to wrap that all up. Yeah. Again, this is the MCU. So like not all the threads will be tied, you know, at the end of this sure, series, but, but still it's just more, more than of we've them seen. Have to be, yeah. Yeah. More than we've seen <laughs> so far. Yeah. Yeah. I sure. I would, uh, <laughs> I, I was just blinded by uh, the excitement of the Kingpin. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Really? If I'm being honest. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, so look, episode six pretty much starts right where episode five left off in terms of Eleanor meeting with the Kingpin. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I do have to say I love a Hawaiian shirt Kingpin in this uh, in this episode. (laughs) I think it's so interesting. I love it. I love every every ounce of that wardrobe choice. It just says so much. And like you said, it's so interesting and different. Uh, it, it just creates such a good dichotomy for that character. Hmm. My before we get into this entire episode, because there's a lot of kingpin in this. Yeah, is this a different universe than the Netflix universe? Because so, yeah, go ahead, Lauren. D'Onofrio has come out and said that he considers him the same. Yeah. Interesting, because they don't act the same. Hmm. Which is why I was questioning it because Daredevil universe, he's snobby. He's very rich. He would never wear that disgusting Hawaiian shirt and (laughs) terrible fedora. In the Daredevil universe, he's such a high, you know, like a high class snob. Mm. Yeah. Buying that art, you know what I mean? Like just his whole persona in the show daredevil is i think so different to what we see here and it makes me wonder if they're just doing a sort of multiverse like yeah it's the same guy that's why we cast vincent d'onofrio but he's a different version of the kingpin could be Um, i i don't think so like the way that like my i guess theory if you want to call it that but i think the reasoning for the change in the character as opposed to you know what we saw in the show from here is that you know this is a kingpin who's not at the top of the world, you know, in that show, he was at the peak of his prowess, his wealth, his ingenuity, mm-hmm. his business, you know, all that stuff here. I think he's a little bit on the outs and what he's trying to do is sort of reclaim the city, if you will, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And usually that starts very small. Um, and so I think that's kind of the way I interpreted it, but I don't know if that's necessarily like what they were going for in terms of how they're going to integrate the character. Yeah. What happened to him at the end of, Daredevil season three. I don't even remember. I, I don't think I made it uh, to the end far. of that series. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, what? I know. I need to go back. You and guys re-watch are crazy. It. I need to go back and rewatch it now that it's it uh. Canon. Got, like it was really brutal for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it is. A couple episodes in, so I only got those first couple episodes in, uh, and I was like, I can't do this, and yeah. so then I paused, and then I never went back. But yeah, I guess I need to now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. He just seems a little different to me. So I'm thinking I'm like trying to, I'm just trying to work out, you know, with Matt being in Spider-Man and now this, I'm just trying to figure out what Kevin Feige's plans are. Not that anybody can read that man's mind, but <laughs> just trying to figure out where it's going from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it is revealed that uh, Kate's mom is the one who killed Armand and framed mm-hmm. Jack for it. And it's all, it's all behest of the Kingpin. Um, yeah. And know. we find out that like she inherited this problem from Kate's dad when he died. Right. Yeah. Because of all the too. debt. Yeah. 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 Which I think does make her a little more sympathetic. It makes the character more interesting. Like she's not just devious. Like she's, yeah. she's trapped as much as Clint <laughs> is trapped or as much as uh, Kate is trapped to a certain respect. You know what I mean? So I think it plays sure. into what they're doing with all the characters in the series. Yeah. Yeah. I did find it very interesting though, that like, yeah, she's, been trapped all this time but like she also has this relationship in him where she feels strong enough safe enough whatever to be like cool i did what you wanted and more so goodbye yeah um which i think to kingpin especially is like super gutsy Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's where like the madam mask persona comes in right like she's not just eleanor bishop she's sort of like a like a queen pin, right? In, yeah. in yeah. her own right. Yeah. And then I think it also then too could tie into Taylor's theory of like, yeah, well, he's not on as on top anymore, possibly. Mm. So that yeah. could also be why she's like, cool. Yeah. I mean, I know you do have some weight, but like, you've lost you a know, lot of your clout, dude. All, you know, kind so of thing. like, yeah. I have enough cards in my hand, too. Mm. You right. Know? My first theory was that maybe it's, not the same time frame as the Daredevil show, but we see how long this is after Battle of New York and Daredevil takes place after the Battle of New York as well. So it's got to be the mm. same. So I don't know. Kevin Feige will explain it to us at some point, I assume. Eventually, yeah. yeah I, you know, I just assume so. Uh, Kate gets the long-awaited validation she has so craved from Clint when he calls her his partner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he good. says your mess is my mess, which is adorable. It's a pretty good, very cute. It's a pretty yeah. good payoff, although uh, it did kind of feel a little redundant and a little annoying building up to that. But I, I think it works, you know, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, like I thought it worked well. It's a little, you know, a little cheesy, but I think that like this show could benefit from a little cheese. At, uh, it's, sometimes, a, so. I, it's a Christmas it's a, show. It's, it's a fine. cheesy show in general. Yeah. Like it's had other <laughs> cheesy moments for sure. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I do love the whole the whole sequence of I don't know if we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves here, but the whole uh, Clint stuck in the Christmas tree sequence. I thought that oh was fucking hilarious. Oh, like, yes. That is the finale of the episode. Well, still, <laughs> um, just the whole sequence, like you know, uh, is, is good stuff. It just made me think about it. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. Don't hate I, me, Joe. I I, I I could never. Uh, I think yeah, the mm, kind of the rest of the episode is like the setup for what you're talking about, though, right? Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah. It's the uh, Christmas party that uh, mm. her mom is throwing, and they, you know, want to catch her in the act, it seems. So they hire all the LARPers to be, and I don't know how they did this so easily. Like, do they yeah. also own the catering company? But yeah, they they hired all the LARPers to be the caterer or like the waiters for the Christmas party, and they're kind of setting up this whole gotcha 
moment for her mom it seems mm-hmm. yeah and didn't we also have the uh the tulip montage where they're building yes, all they the, build the more trick, trick arrows, arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 good stuff that was cool yeah not only is, uh, are they making the trick arrows but kate has decided to label them since clint <laughs> yeah. had not previously done so <laughs> yeah. she's like i'm not making that mistake again <laughs> yeah she busts out the label maker which yeah I thought it's was pretty good hilarious. pretty good detail yeah Many people show up to this party, um, Yelena being one of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. and Jack, freshly out of jail. Carrying a sword. sword? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had just been framed for murdering someone with a sword, my first thought would not be show up to a party with a sword. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do love this sequence where Yelena's like, yeah, I'm still here to kill Clint. And uh, she gets in the elevator with Kate and they just the smallest um, location for a fight is when Kate's trying to push all the buttons. So yeah. it takes Yelena like longer to get to the 12th floor yeah. and they're just having this tiny little tussle in the elevator trying to stop her from pushing all the buttons like, you know, from Elf. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> seriously. I love the choreography of this scene. Yeah. 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 That was great stuff. And just, again, like doubling down on their dynamic throughout mm-hmm. this yeah. sequence of, you know, it's Christmas, let's just have a drink. Just sure. But after I kill Clint, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to stop me. But like, we can, still, we can be friends, but I still have to kill him. So, yeah. And, you know, she's not trying to kill Kate in the elevator. She's just trying yeah. to stop her from pushing all the buttons. Yeah. yeah. Um, which she fails. She is able to hit all the buttons. Uh. And then we get to the, uh, I think, one of the coolest fight scenes of the MCU. Kind of reminded me of, honestly, remember the scene from Amazing Spider-Man where the lizard and Peter are fighting in the, through, the through the school? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Kind of reminded me of that as they're fighting through the hallways and the mm-hmm. cubicles and like things are going towards the camera up against they the glass and like be going and over Stan at some point. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so I really liked that fight scene a lot. Uh, the choreography was good. The camera work was good. They, you know, obviously have good fight chemistry as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then Yelena just jumping out the window at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. If I was Kate, I would just shoot. Like there's like, there's so many things where she, like, especially when she leaves the first time they meet her, she does the same thing. She, like, shoots into the ground her little, like, grappling hook and then jumps off the side of the building. Mm-hmm. Just, like, shoot the grappling hook with your arrow. Then she falls to her death. Problem solved. True. But I think she's yeah. trying not to kill people. Like, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. But I think this is when your Christmas tree scene happens, isn't it? Indeed. Soon after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought it was, it's like the idea of Kate having to step up and actually trust Clint, you know, and him trusting her as well. Yeah. Uh, But he's also like, well, what the hell are you doing? Like, it's just, I think it was a great scene, a great situation to put those characters in. Um, For me, that was one of the more memorable moments of uh, of this finale. Yeah, the entire building gets evacuated, and this is where, like, so Jack brought his sword to the party. Of course. And then when all the bros show up and start trying to fight Kate and Clint, he just starts murdering bros with his sword. Yeah. (laughs) The one thing to not do when you just came out of, like, suspicion for murder with your sword is start murdering a bunch of people with your sword. Yeah. Exactly. But he he did it. Yep. 
But he's on the good guys team now, right? If you're a superhero, you can't go to jail for murdering people? <laughs> you know, yeah, apparently exactly. not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think, again, I like the idea of, of Jack kind of being this red herring and, and really he's, you know, again, more of an ally than anything else. Um, I did love the uh, the suits as well that they get at this point because at, at a certain yeah. point, yes. uh, you see Kate kind of like she has the suit under her. Grills uh, made them their suits. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And uh, and then the Hawkeye uniform as well, which is it's kind of one in the same. Both of those suits, it feels like you know they're they're very similar in a lot of respects. But Some I, more Marvel CGI trickery because we get that sh- that shot of them both pulling the arrows back in a lot of the trailers and they're not wearing those yeah. costumes, but mm-hmm. they are wearing the costumes in the yep. show. Exactly. And uh, I, although I will say that I'm a little disappointed we didn't get the uh, the mask, the Hawkeye mask. Yeah. The suit itself, as I'm showing you a picture of, is actually very, it's like pretty accurate from the Matt Fraction comic. It's yeah. like the gigantic fat purple arrow on his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the mask may have been too cheesy. I think so too, Honestly. but it would have been kind of fun just for them to like even poke or fun if he at, at least it. least puts it on and then like takes it off. Yeah, and then right? he's like, like "Shit, no, I'm not wearing this. this." Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it could have been great, um, but nevertheless, I thought it was well executed in terms of the new look and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, I like the uh, they use another pim arrow, but it shrinks the bro <laughs> band as opposed to making it big, which I thought was yeah. so good. And I just like the response to of like what happens now. I don't know. I'll have to talk to Scott. Yeah. yeah. Like the, how do we reverse the, this? The, the, like the callback to the owl from the tree also like yeah. taking it was mm-hmm. so funny. Yep. Because I, I, as the owl bit was happening in the tree, I was like, this is funny, but like also why? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad they brought that back. 100%. <laughs> For a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. We get a pretty gnarly fight scene between kate and the kingpin indeed yeah it's pretty brutal actually like uh especially for for her character i mean she gets busted up pretty good in this scene and pushed around by the kingpin we're kind of watching three fights at once in this yeah yeah yeah. period which was kind of cool you know clint and yelena maya and kazi and kate and kingpin which yeah, there's way more kingpin in this than I expected. Right, Same. I kind of expected it. It's much like, uh, much like spoilers for the previous Spider-Man movie that we talked about last weekend. Yeah. How certain characters, you know, were much more prominent than we thought they would be, and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah, so I, I appreciated that, and I think this, uh, I think this episode did do justice to most of those characters, and especially for Kingpin, what could have just been a glorified cameo, like it actually. Right. There's an actual reason why he's in the series, and it's not just to mm-hmm. have him in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which Marvel has sometimes done in the past. So you know, um, I think they're trying to. F- they finally, at least in terms of the series, I think they finally figured out how to have that happy medium of like having cameos from other properties in there, but also telling the story you're there to tell. You know, and yeah, integrating totally. those things in a way. So um, yeah, one thing that does make me sort of believe that they're the same universe if not just bringing in certain qualities of the same universe is when she shoots him with the arrow and his suit has the body armor like Mm -hmm. it like in the show his suit is like bulletproof or whatever Mm. Um, and he takes like an arrow to the chest and he doesn't die so you know it's led me to believe that at least there's some carryover from the netflix universe if it's not 
the exact same one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this dude can take a fucking beating, man. She is yeah. like, I mean, and so can she, because she's getting thrown around like a fucking rag doll. But like, this fight is good. Yeah. 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 It's intense. Yeah. Good stuff. And uh, I mean, again, I love that small scale, you know, in terms of like them fighting in this like tiny little department store and then just wrecking the place, you know, and yeah. that's like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's good because, you know, you, you have that plus you have the, the Hawkeye and Elena stuff. And I wanted to ask you guys about how you thought the execution was on this because it could have been very, very bad. It could have been Falcon and winter soldier episode six level rough. Right. You know what I mean? And I think they did a pretty good job of like sort of, cause you have this shift of like, you basically have to, do the scene where he explains to Yelena, like, this is what happened and this is the reason why you're wrong, essentially. And that could be done in a myriad of different ways. And I think in in some instances it did work. In some instances it was a little, didn't quite hit the mark. So I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Um, If she was so hell-bent on killing him, I thought it was weird that just the whistle would stop her, right? Like. Mm -hmm. She, yeah, I, I don't know. She knew they were partners, so she would know that he might know things about her. Like she, she knew they were partners, but still believed that he killed her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So him just knowing that information doesn't mean he didn't kill her. If that's yeah. what she believed he did. Yeah. Um. So I just thought it was a li- little bit of a weak, um, <sighs> reason. The only like counter I can think of to that is that like Nat was still a very very private person so like Yelena could have thought like she wouldn't have shared that information with anybody even her partner right so the fact that she did share must have meant that like he was way more than just like on paper a partner yeah Yeah, I could buy that I don't know but see on the flip side of that see the argument could be made too is that if Natasha was such a big part of Clint's life, then it would be obvious that he was a big part of her life to people looking in, you know, at her perspective. Like, even if she doesn't know the details of, like, you know, their relationship, you would still know that that person is, like, an important part of your life, you know? Uh, Especially because they've been on, like, a bunch of missions and all this other shit. They're Avengers, you know, this and that. So, I don't know. Again, I... Yeah, but just because they're, like, partners in work doesn't mean they're going to share all... Yeah, 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 totally. Especially someone like Natasha, who's been trained to keep secrets, you know? Well, you know, they they are estranged for a long time and and this and that. So it's like, again, you could make that argument either way. And I'm not saying it's wrong or right either way. I'm just, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. uh, But nevertheless, I I think for the most part, the scene worked. Um, I do think, you know, again, they could have put a little more. Like, I think Jeremy Renner's performance is good here like the confession, but I think it could have been better. Like it could have been yeah. way more impactful, way more powerful in terms of like a cathartic moment for that character. And it kind of felt like it missed the mark a little bit in that regard for me. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I do want to jump back just real quick to the uh, Kate Kingpin scene. We do get a callback to her being able to snap a quarter. Oh, a yes. Yeah. Great payoff. To hit, Great to payoff. Hit the, to hit the arrow at the exact right moment to yeah. blow the Kingpin. Yep. to shit even though he yeah. survived uh, and her mom like drives the car through right. the building yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. try and help yep. <laughs> but An alas was made <laughs> nothing yeah. takes him down as far I as know. we can see i love the power of the kingpin like it, just how hard it is to take a guy like that out you know he's um, a beast it's good stuff 
Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I guess what what is what was the the, the sort of climax of the sequence? Um, I thought there was. I don't know. She like well, apologizes. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was pretty much the climax. Was the Yelena? She says like Hawkeye I loved thing. her so much, and Clint says like me too. Yeah. yeah. And then like she helps him the up end. and leaves. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Like they don't really get into this, but like what. I'm curious what the consequences for Yelena are, are going to be for like not going through, you know, with the hit or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, there's going to be some yeah. kind of blowback yeah. probably. So I'm yeah. curious how that's going to play out. Yeah. Especially if she is supposed to be sort of part of the, like, uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I guess like it's uh, Thunderbolts was, we all thought that was going to be a thing. Right. But now it seems like maybe she wouldn't be allowed on the team if she didn't carry out the mission. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, well, we'll and that's the thing is like comes back to what we were saying earlier of like, who is she actually working for? Because if she's working directly for Kate's mom, like she goes to jail spoilers at the end. And then we don't actually know what's happening with Kingpin. So if she's working for him, there might not be consequences. So that just leaves Madam Hydra, which we haven't seen since. Which if it is Madam Hydra, then there will be consequences. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of an interesting, you know, place to leave that character. I'm curious if uh if they're going to actually build up to like a a Black Widow story starring Elena or if she's going to be more of like just a supporting mm. player in some of this mm-hmm. stuff for the time being. Yeah, I'd um, have to think maybe just the latter on that I one. I think so as well. Probably, but yeah. hey, you know, in 4 or 5 years maybe we'll get another Black Widow Black Widow yeah. 2, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's possible. Yeah. Uh, um, we discovered the Kingpin has escaped. He runs into Maya and he's like, oh my God, my family. I love you so much. And then she pulls out a gun. Yeah. And well, he's after like, no. she's already killed or caused right, already killed, killed, whatever. They, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. 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 straight but, through the chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I say never believe a death if it's not shown on screen. Yep. Yeah. Right. Like they leave it to make you believe that she's sh- murdered the kingpin. Yeah. Um. She pulls a gun out. The pe- like the camera pans up into the alley, and then like mm-hmm. you hear like a gunshot. But I mean, come on. Do they really think that the audiences are that dumb? Like, there's no yeah. way he's dead. There's just no way. Yeah. Exactly. I don't buy it for one second. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying we don't know what's happening with kingpin, but I have to, I have to agree with you that that's. Probably not the last we're going to see no. of him in no. this iteration. You don't make as big of a deal to introduce that character in the series yeah. as you've done to just like throw that away afterwards. Yeah, you know, after exactly. one episode. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, and that is that is a shot straight out of the comic books. Uh, they're standing in a wrestling ring, and she's like pointing a gun right at his face, um, mm. and it's a pretty. If there's one thing Kevin Feige loves to do correctly, it's just like pull little. You know, if it's not entire storylines, at least little snippets from the comics and just yeah. put them directly onto the screen. He does it yeah. so well, and yeah. this happens to be, like, one of those mm-hmm. moments. Um, well done. Well done. Kevin Feige production, baby. Uh, the episode ends with uh, Christmas. He makes it to Christmas, you guys. Indeed. He did it. Yeah. That was the whole. That was the whole goal. Of the whole series, and he did it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and brought along some strays. Yeah, he brought Pizza Dog and Kate. Yep, indeed. Oh, and uh, certain Rolex. Yes, the Rolex that they stole from Maya 
is given to the love of my life, Linda Cardellini. <laughs> and uh, she turns it over and it says agent, what, 14 or 19? Agent 19. 19, yeah. which if you look it up, ladies and gentlemen, Mockingbird. So ah, mm. dun, dun, dun. turns out that Laura was a shield agent the entire time. Oh, shit. And she was the Mockingbird that, you know, I feel like everybody since the beginning of Hawkeye being a character in the universe was like, well, what about Mockingbird? There's your fucking answer. She's there and she's fucking retired. So. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. And then we get uh, quite the interesting post credits as well. Oh, this is, before we get to that, I did look it up real quick in the comic that that uh, panel comes from. Apparently, she ends up shooting Fisk in the face. He lives, but is blinded. Whoa. So could we see a blind Kingpin versus blind Daredevil? Interesting. Ooh, that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be a good what if episode. Ooh, that would be. Yeah. If Kingpin was blind and Matt Murdock was not. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Seriously. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right, let's pitch it to Marvel, guys. Let's clip it out. Let's pitch it to Marvel. <laughs> Send it over Twitter, baby. Let's do it. Uh, Kate, Kate does have a few uh, idea names for her superhero. It's, uh, <laughs> Lady Hawk, Hawk Eve, Hawk Shot, Hawk Lady Eve. Arrow, and Clint just says, what about Hawkeye? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he just says, I have an idea. And right. Then it and ends. Then it cuts to Hawkeye, right? Yeah. Which, which means, you know, it, that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the entire post credit scene is a gigantic uh, musical number from Rogers the Musical. Yeah. So I felt like this is, I don't know how you guys. It was wild. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like there is a really, really, really huge missed opportunity here. And I'm curious if you guys can guess what that opportunity is. Um, A cameo? Oh. Well, there should have been some sort of cameo in the audience. And I'm like, yeah. who, I mean, would, who saying, would you have put in the audience? You were saying Peter. Well, no, I think I know what you're saying. You're I I don't or know Steve. No, Scott no. Lang. No, I would do Yelena no. because she oh. makes fun of all the superhero poses and shit. And you could literally have her comment like, "This is so fucking stupid." Like it would have been a perfect tie-in. Uh, and I don't understand why they didn't have some sort of cameo in there. But nevertheless, well, it's uh, just because they kept cutting back to like. I assume it was the conductor, even though it didn't quite look like the conductor. Yeah, that would have been fucking. Stanley. <laughs> right. Yeah. That would have actually, yeah, 100%. And, uh, um, no, I think it would have been great to have Scott Lang in the audience, right? Since something Ant -Man Ant -Man wasn't the there. Yeah. <laughs> something for, to show Scott Lang and, and have him go, yep, that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, again, there's just so much comedic potential you could have, uh, yeah. you could have done with that. But I, I will say I did like seeing the, the kind of extended sequence of like the play itself. So that was fun. It yeah. Was, it, it was wild. <laughs> It is. I just have to say, from like a musical theater standpoint, I am still very confused why they had. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, oh, Adam Pascal, uh, as just like a regular person singing about the Battle of New York or singing about the Avengers, and not like as like Steve Rogers or something like that. Like Wasn't, why they have these two like normal guys? I think they were singing. just supposed to be like the citizens, right? Like the people. I know it's just like very weird. Yeah, it, no, it that, is. Like, it is. The yeah. citizens, these two citizens, are the only ones singing about it, mm -hmm. and then like the only like, as far as I know, named Broadway actor that they had in it is this like citizen guy. 
Well, that's, I think that's like the joke, right? It's like, ah, this guy's just a nobody, but it's like, I guess. it's not a nobody. It's like someone really famous. I guess, yeah. but I don't know. I just, I don't know why it wasn't the, um, you know, the, the Avenger singing. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun, like I said, it's a fun post credits, you know, not, uh, not super weighty in terms of implications or anything like that, but still fun. Nevertheless. I mean, like, do you guys think that there's a room for season two here for Hawkeye? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, whether Jeremy will be in it as much, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, it would for sure be the Kate Bishop show at that point, I feel like. I would hope he would be. There's so much stuff. And again, I've complained about Grills in the past. There's just like, he's not Grills. He's just a random character that they named Grills. Like, yeah. if they're going to make him that, I would love to see. Well, And you know what? There is a lot more room for like a season two. In the comic, it's like Clint buys an entire apartment building because the bros have like bought it over and are trying to like extort people so clint like buys it and like lets everybody stay like we're you know you don't have to pay rent anymore and then that's a big conflict with like the mob bros in the city and i I think there's a lot that they could do with the supporting cast of the larpers and clint going forward even with kate being like the main character like clint having a little side story about like being the landlord and trying to protect the building while kate's off actually like doing the Hawkeye stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what the way you'd have to do it is you'd have to flip the script where, where Kate's the main character and Clint is like a supporting character basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, do you guys, how would you, uh, rank this series amongst all of the other, uh, MCU shows that we've seen thus far? I think I'd put it second or third, maybe. Okay. Yeah, same. What would you put in front of it, just out of curiosity? Loki. Wa- I was gonna say WandaVision's still my top. Yeah. And then possibly Loki. Yeah. And then this. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of feel the the same way. I might put this in front of Loki just because I really like Loki a lot, but I think that this just being a little more grounded, being a little more character centric, um, you know, it's not as much of an emphasis on the spectacle of it as it is just like telling a good story. So I think for that reason, I might, you know, put it just a little bit ahead of that, but yeah, I mean, I think overall this is like a pretty well rounded series. And I mean, after having a year of these shows, I think, you know, Marvel's finally starting to, I don't want to say they haven't been in the groove, but they're starting to get in the groove a little bit and figure out like how to best level storytelling. Yeah. Well, and also just how to best integrate all these shows and all these new characters into, into the movies, into everything else they have going on, you know? So I think a lot of what we've seen this year is like them figuring it out and them kind of experimenting with different things and seeing what works and what doesn't, you know? Yeah. I think it works a lot. Um, I really, I, I mean, and I never would have thought that I would have ever said this, but I think like Loki might be, the top show for me yeah and then i really liked what they i really like the implications of wandavision you know of her becoming the scarlet witch and whatnot mm-hmm. but i think it's either tied for a second or even third behind hawkeye um yeah. for me for sure and then yeah. you know falcon probably last yeah i think that's yeah probably but the way as much as i wanted to like that show i think it's but and 
to be honest, it's just because you could tell that they had some weird subplot that they had to cut out. Like yeah. the like the editing and yeah. the timeline was just so bad. Like yeah. Yeah. if they had just COVID. gone with that storyline and the rest of it played out the way it did, like I really liked everything they had on screen. You could just tell that it was a little disjointed. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that was out of their hands as we talked about on that episode. Right. But hey, if yeah, you want to learn yeah. more or you want to hear more, make sure to go check out uh we've done a pretty much a review for hey. all of those series, uh, including What If as well. So yeah. if you yeah. guys want to hear our thoughts on that stuff, make sure to go check out those older episodes. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um so my last question for you guys is what do you think Marvel uses as a way to say, oh, we're going to make this a series as opposed to a movie. Because I think Hawkeye is an interesting dichotomy, especially when you compare it to uh, Eternals. Whereas, hmm. you know, I feel like the biggest, I don't even want to call it a misstep, but the, the biggest, you know, misfire about the show, if you will, and again, that's a strong word, is that some of it feels like it's a maybe a three hour, two and a half hour story stretched out to six hours, right? Like there's a lot of filler in the middle of the series. I mean, they're doing a lot of work, but a lot of it is like, you know, extended scenes and things like this. And I'll definitely talk about this a little bit more in what we've been watching, because there's one thing in particular that is like a prime example of that. But, mm -hmm. you know, and then you have Eternals, which is something that felt like it should have been a series because there's so much ground to cover there. So it's like, I'm just curious what you guys think about how they're picking and choosing, you know, what is a movie and what is a series at this point? I, I mean, think it I has think to, to do. Me, Sorry. No, that's okay. Aside from Loki, uh, it appears to me like the movies are generally uh, larger, like worldwide, universal, universe wide uh, implications and effects. Yeah. Whereas the shows are more smaller scale individual problems. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess maybe aside from like Sam becoming the new Captain America, I think everything else was pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like going to say end on a cliffhanger of something bigger, but right. Yeah. I would say they use the movies to introduce larger main characters, right? Like uh, Hawkeye was already a character. So he had a show. Yeah. Falcon was already a character. So we got a show. Loki was already a character, so we got a show. Yeah, movies introduced the Eternals. They introduced, you know, the tease of Blade, mm. things like that. I think you use the larger movies to introduce people. Yeah, to establish, so to speak, to establish things, and then you have a show. Like they don't, they, they don't really use the show to establish people. Maybe side Aside characters. Aside from Kate Bishop. Right, right, but again, like side, you know, she she was a supporting, yeah, character. Sure, um, yeah. But, like, every lead character of this show so far has already been uh, in Avenger. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. yeah that's they true. use the shows to fill us in on what they do when they're not Avengers. And the rest of the movies are establishing characters and, like, and, and, and I would agree, world-ending events. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, th th I mean, that seems pretty, pretty obvious. I just think it's yeah. interesting, especially because like with the Eternals in particular, that movie was sort of like right at that point where they started developing all those shows and doing all that stuff. So it's just, it's an interesting thing to see how they're going to take this forward. And like, I mean, I don't know if you guys, uh, there was a, a rumor recently that Marvel has like 20 something unannounced projects that they're prepping right now and that's in I addition that. to like the 15 or 20 other things that have been announced 
So it's a lot, you know what I mean? And it's going to be interesting to see how they handle all this stuff. But I think overall, you know, again, there have been some missteps with some of these series and stuff in this first year. But I think overall, like, it's been a pretty solid start and they've created a nice, solid foundation to build off of from here. I would say the reason the Eternals wasn't a show, though, is because I think the whole thing with the Celestials is going to become a really huge plot line moving forward. Yeah, I wouldn't, exactly. I wouldn't yeah. even put it past them to that's how they're going to introduce like Galactus or the Fantastic Four, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I I would say that the reason it was a movie, even if these characters aren't important, is like it's going to have huge ramifications in the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And it's not that the characters aren't important in that movie. I just feel like it might have been better served where you could do ten episodes. You have ten ep- uh, ten characters. You could do an episode on each character and still build right. to all that, and eventually have a movie. I mean, who's to say that they won't do the sequel to the Eternals movie won't be a Disney Plus series? So you know, right, it, exactly. there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of ways they can take it, but uh, but we'll see. So um, I guess to close things out, what would you guys rate this uh this series? Four out of five. All right. Look at me using your scale. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I think I'd probably go with that. It had a slow start for me, but it definitely caught up in the end. I think so. Yeah. D- d- three point seven five. <laughs> nice. Going going the balance <laughs> there. I'm gonna go three specific. <laughs> I'm gonna go three point five out of five. I think cool. I agree with you guys on most of this stuff. There was some stuff that was iffy. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, I'll rewatch this series again. And it's just, I feel like it's one of those shows you could definitely just throw on for background or just, mm-hmm. you know, just to have something fun and fluffy on, um, especially just the banter of loan, like made it worth right. it. And exactly. And, and that's Absolutely. not to say that, that, that I wouldn't rewatch it, you know, in a different context, but yeah, I think it's, it's a fun show that, that will be worth it, um, in that regard. So, yeah. Uh, I guess that's that on, uh, on Hawkeye until they announce the season two. I can't yeah. wait. Is your soul fulfilled, Joel, after the series? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, specifically, I own all the single issues for the Hawkeye Matt Fraction comic that was based on this, or that this show was based on, but I recently for Christmas just got the compendium. It's called The Saga of Barton and Bishop, and it's uh, hey. basically <laughs> this fucking story, and I'm excited to reread the whole thing. So Hell yeah. nice. that, that will be cool. Yeah, uh, my, uh, you know, the only thing I ever wanted and, you know, we saw it at Comic-Con. We saw the whole animatic of all the, you know, very Matt Fraction comic-esque logos. Uh, logos. And I was yeah. like, yes, this is anything this is what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. um, and it worked out well. They did the bros well. They did the king. You know, I kind of knew the kingpin was going to be in it. But I was like, will they really do it? And they did it. So I got that. You know, I got like yeah. Hawkeye's death. I got that. You know, it's like, yeah, they pretty much stayed somewhat true to the comic um if we don't get more grills out of a season two i'll be disappointed but i'm gonna wait to see what they do with him before i complain about it yeah that is one thing that like we kind of never circled back on in the show uh, that we had thought might have played a bigger part in the finale is the hearing aid situation right it seemed like there was such a build-up in the beginning of it and there was no mention of it or him being deaf or anything in the last episode at all yeah so it'll be interesting to see moving forward how his character or if his character changes at all or develops further right i I think that was a little disappointing for me on my end because i know i was kind of expecting that and i think we touched on it before and i think episode three or whatever when we reviewed that i know we did the first four together but Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's for it's one of those things like Spider-Man's web shooters, you know, where it adds a certain sense yeah. of danger, a certain sense of stakes. Yeah. Things go wrong, and you have to figure out how to overcome those odds. And I feel like that could have been an element uh, yeah. in the series a little bit more prominently, and especially in the finale. So, you know, again, it is what it is, but hopefully they'll you they'll lean into that in, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Sweet. Let's do the uh, quickest what we've been watching of all time because yeah. I have to go get a COVID test. Even be though extra. we have a pretty large movie to talk about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we should probably just push that, Joel. Um, and and we no, can... let's just talk about it right now. Let's like let's right. just do it. Spoilers. I don't have much to say about yeah. it, honestly. Okay, I have a ton to say on it, but uh, well, we'll go <laughs> spoiler free. Okay, so Joel and I both watched The Matrix Resurrections, which of course is the new Matrix movie coming out, directed by Lana Wachowski. What did you think about this movie, Joel? Hot pile of garbage. Without spoilers, why do you feel that way? <laughs> um, the way that No Way Home uh, used nostalgia to um, enhance the movie, I think Matrix Resurrections leaned on nostalgia and it impeded the movie. Like the idea that... Largely. Uh, yeah, like uh, all the quote-unquote flashbacks and stuff like that they use in the movie. Well, that and just like they couldn't let new villains be new villains. It's, um, you know, like they're reiterations of old villains. And I honestly really, really hated how meta it was. Like, ooh, I'm a game designer who's and I designed a game called okay. The Matrix. Yeah, and it's like, cool it there on the spoilers. But yes, no. So so uh, I hear what you're saying, uh, but I disagree with you like wholeheartedly. Um, I think that this movie, especially the first act of this movie, is commenting on what the state of franchise filmmaking and blockbuster filmmaking while also leaning into it. Right. So this movie is interesting because it's a it's a sequel. It's but a reboot. Me, it means that it it's a reimagining. It's all these different things at once, right? And I'm not saying it's 100% successful. And see, this is the thing is I don't love the movie, but I don't hate it at the same time. Do I think it's a bad movie? 100% not. Do I think it's a messy movie? 100% yes. But people who are out there saying that this movie is quote unquote bad is exactly what the movie is commenting on no, the, no, in the no, first act no, of this no, movie. No, 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 because I know what you're saying, and we're having two different conversations. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, totally, totally. You, like, you like retweeted the guy who was like, this is the woman that made this movie, right? Like, yeah. I'm not saying the movie's too woke. I'm not no, saying no, no, it's no, like, yeah, no, I wasn't implying that at all. There people, yeah. there are people out there bashing the movie for like, oh, it's made by a trans woman, like this, it's, like did, blah, did, blah, blah, blah. Did you guys I, I not, why, yeah. Like, it's the people who didn't understand the first film to begin with that are saying things yeah, like that. That's yeah, that's not why I'm saying the movie's bad. I'm no, saying the no, movie's no. bad because I, because I just think it's a bad movie. No, no, and it, well, no, and I'm not even talking about, I mean, so, okay, jumping back a little bit. The first Matrix movie, in retrospect, is a pretty clear trans allegory, although it's, like, Absolutely. the sixth most important thing of, like, what the themes of that movie are. But it's definitely there, right? This movie, the fourth film, the sequel, reboot, whatever you want to call it, 100% leans into that allegory. Like this is a movie about being trans in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? And I don't fault the movie for that. And I don't like also credit the movie for that. If that makes any sense, like you can look in that into that if you want to, but if people, and I'm not saying you have this problem, Joel, but if people have problems with that, then 
they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they never understood this franchise to begin with. You know what I mean? At the same For time, sure. I think that some of the metal stuff, the meta stuff really does work and some of it really doesn't. And some of the changes that they make do work and s- some really, really interesting stuff that they introduced in this movie that's never quite like paid off. You know what I mean? So again, like I don't love the movie, but I don't hate it at the same time. And I think that most importantly is that this movie is trying to go against the grain of what those previous of what that previous trilogy was doing, right? If the if the previous trilogy was all about precision and this kind of mechanical, thoughtful way of thinking about it, this sequel is all about emotion. Like at the end of the day, this is a big throbbing love story like between the, these two central characters of Neo and Trinity. And I love the fact that with all the other window dressing, all the other bullshit, that's where the movie works the best for me is, is, is that relationship. Yeah, I agree. I think they could have done it without all the nostalgia though. I think they could have just written a new story. They could have, and they tried to, and it was that idea mm. of is Lana Wachowski going to, cause you have to remember the whole red pill, blue, th- blue pill thing. The whole metaphor has kind of been co-opted by assholes like fucking no, Elon yeah, Musk sure. and Ivanka Trump no, and yeah, all these people. No, I get it, yeah. And I think that really in a lot of ways, like Lana making this movie is saying, I'm going to take control of this narrative. And not only that, I'm going to make it way less ambiguous. I'm going to make it crystal clear as to what the metaphor is so that nobody can co-opt that bullshit in the, in the future. Yeah. And so I think this movie's working on a lot of those different levels. And that's why I think it's worth viewing more than once. I've seen the movie three times. And again, Jesus I, Christ. I don't love it, but I think there's a lot of in, like, these are philosophical movies. And I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff that can be pulled from that. And I think there's a really interesting discussion to be had, even though, again, I don't love the movie. Um, so again, I think we should do a full spoiler discussion at some point where we can talk about this more, but, uh, I'll leave my thoughts on the movie at that. So I'll say, I thought Yaya Abdul-Mateen was the best part of this movie. He is very good. Jessica Hennick is also fucking amazing in this movie and she's going to be a superstar. Yeah. Uh, my question is this whole ability that the main villain has, right. And I guess if we're not doing spoilers, I won't say who it is because Yeah. yeah, but this whole like ability the main villain has the quality is worse than they were able to do bullet time in the original trilogy and it looks amazing and this ability that he has looks like someone made it on windows movie maker like it's just atrocious looking it's so bad i can see what you're saying in terms of it It being off-putting film student cgi is what it Uh, looks like kind of but i i I think it's i hate to say this i think it's intentional and I'm not saying it it's intentional is. to look bad, but I think it's intentional in terms of, you know, again, this idea of following emotion as opposed to being precise. Like one of the things Lana Wachowski really quickly she talked about is, you know, before I used to not improvise, everything used to be planned and mechanical and everything had to be absolutely perfect. And on this movie, she basically wanted to go in the opposite direction of that. So it's definitely I a different. I think your special effects should look professional. Oh, that's that's fine, but I think it's a, I think it's a stylistic choice. You know what I mean in terms of the way that that plays out. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but we we should probably move on from this because this could tr- no, easily turn I, into I a, little a rabbit bit, hole discussion. I have a little bit more to. Sure, I don't yeah, yeah. Think, no, go. I'm saying in terms of my shit. Right. Go ahead. There's two. I would say there's two main villains in this movie, and there's really no clear um, direction for either of them or why they hate each other. Like clearly, they're both after Keanu. 
well, they also don't like each other and there's not a real explanation as to why. I don't I don't think that it's they don't like each other. I think they each have their own different motivations and those motivations could conflict with one another and i think that's where that comes from but i don't think they hate each other but again it's not spoilerly like it's hard to talk about yeah i'll give this movie a one out of five wow jesus i almost uh, turned it off wow i disagree pretty hard um it's funny because one more thing really quick i think that this movie has a lot of parallels with something like the last jedi where it's like a lot of people are going to love it also and a lot of people like are going to hate Jedi. it. I know. And I kind of lean towards I liked Last Jedi, but I still was mixed positive, you know. And so I think there's going to be a really interesting discussion that happens around this movie in the, in the following months. Um, but, yeah, so uh, in terms of other stuff I've been watching, I watched uh, MacGruber, the series. Um, this is oh. what I was referencing earlier in terms of. Uh, probably a two hour movie that's been expanded into like six right. episodes. <laughs> it's good, but you can tell that there's like a lot of lag in terms of progressing the story and stuff. I'll leave it at that. I think it's really fun. Nevertheless, Did the whole thing drop the whole season dropped. Yeah. In oh, full, okay. In full oh, wow, okay. on Peacock. Uh, Lawrence Fisherman's in this and he's really great in it, yeah. which is funny because it's, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> like he wasn't asked to come back for the new movie, but uh, I just think it's funny that that came out. The same time, Matrix. at the same time, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I also watched Venom Two. I think I like this movie Kay. way more than Joel. Um, <laughs> I think if you look at this movie as a comedy, as a rom com in particular between Venom, but that's not. But that's not how they made it. Uh, I disagree. I think if you take the movie okay. as a comedy, it works way better than if you take it as a, a drama or an action film. Uh, it's comedy with action moments, you know. Uh, yeah. I also watched. I think we either of us. I think Lauren, you said you saw Being the Ricardos, right? Or did you I see did, it as yes. well, Joel? No, I haven't seen okay. it. Okay. So what do you think of uh, Being the Ricardos, the new Aaron Sorkin <sighs> film? Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it, it's sat very weird with me. Yeah. Um I because it uh, it was very confusing uh, in the fact like the marketing of it that there's a documentary element to it. Like it cuts between the real writers of i love lucy like the real life people and then the f narrative fictional yeah element of it um with you know the actors yeah um i thought as far as casting goes i thought javier javier was a much better casting choice for desi than nicole was for lucy okay um i also don't know why this was the narrative they chose to tell um you know, they told, for those who don't know, it's it's essentially mostly is a story about one week, one episode yeah, being made. The week yeah. that it, Lucy was called a communist. Mm -hmm. um, we see a couple flashbacks to how they met and whatever. But, like, for the most part, that is the story that it's telling. And I don't know why they just focused on that and not a, a larger story arc or how uh, the show changed the course of the industry as a whole, yeah. you know, they, they yeah. dropped a little bit in there mm -hmm. as far as how the show itself got made yeah. um, or like got greenlit. But I don't know. I just, yeah. I feel like I feel weird about the movie. Mm. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. I think I'm like mixed on the movie because you know there's some really good stuff and there's also some really not great stuff like yeah. my biggest my biggest criticism and I think 
this kind of sums up my review of Trial of uh, the Chicago 7 as well as like hmm. Sorkin, especially as a director, doesn't know when to get out of his own way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's some Sorkinisms sure. in here that are like you did not need to go there. You know, it's like yeah. in Trial of the Chicago 7 when it's supposed to have that like, you know, feel good ending and it just totally lands with a thud. I feel like the ending of this movie kind of lands that same way where it's like the message of what the movie's trying to say is very mixed. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this triumphant moment. And then I guess spoilers, if you don't know about Hollywood history and the history of I Love Lucy is at the end, it's supposed to be like this uproarious, you know, soaring music. And then it's like, uh, Lucy uh, divorced Desi like four years later or whatever. And it's like, okay, like that's, it, it's yeah, just so that's odd. That's what I'm you saying know? is like, you know, they chose to end with that, postscript of like you know the day after they wrapped Mm -hmm. the show she filed for divorce yeah but it's like we didn't you could see the tumultuous elements of their relationship in this movie for sure but like i i i don't know what story they were trying to tell i guess is is the issue i have with it yeah definitely uh also jk simmons just you know putting in just complete bangers at every single performance he gives yeah, I I will say his casting was a little um, distracting. Yes, but he's me. good in it. He's good in but it. But he That's is good thing. in yeah. it. And totally. also, um, oh my gosh, what is her name? Uh, that plays the the writer. Oh, um, uh, Alia Shawkat. Yes, she's great. I love that she she's is great. popping up in so many things. Yep. I I thought she was really great in it, and I did think it was. Um, cool to see that element like i actually that is something that i did learn from this as well is that like i didn't know that there was a female writer on the show let alone that she was like lucy's go-to person like prominent you know presence yeah 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 um so that was that was a cool thing it's also kind of funny how like the writer's room in that time is like three people and now it's like 20 people plus assistants and like showrunners and all that stuff so I, i don't know I thought it was interesting to look back in time, but uh, yeah, again, I think mixed in in my opinion. I'd probably give it a two and a half out of five. Like, if you're an I Love yeah. Lucy fan, you'll enjoy it. If not, it's probably not going to do much for you. Honestly, even if you're an I Love Lucy fan, I don't know how much you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, that's, I true. Am. Yeah. that's true. You know? What is this on? It, uh, Amazon. Yeah, cool. It's in theaters as well, but it's yeah, streaming. Okay, nice. um, limited so, release, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, so do you have anything else on, uh, on being a Carter's Lauren before I move on? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, just on the, the note of if you're a Lucy fan, I will say that it was f- fun. Some of the things that they popped in, you know, like the vitamin and vegemin joke and, you know, the supposed uh, realization, I guess, of the grape stomping sequence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was Seeing good stuff. elements like that, uh, how that came to be was, was kind of cool. But, yeah. um. But again, overall, I'm like, eh. yeah, yeah, definitely. I could have read about that and <laughs> probably had a better time. <laughs> right. So. We read the biography of, of Lucille Ball. Um, yeah. So and then I guess the, in terms of what I've been watching, the final thing is Don't Look Up, which is the new Adam McKay movie. Joel, I, I believe you that. saw this, right? I, did. I really want to see it. That's yeah. on my list. What do you think? It's I really liked it. Yeah. Someone I saw said that they gave it a four out of ten. And then I was like, you're Whoa. an idiot. <laughs> yeah. This movie was, uh, I thought it was topical. I thought it was f- funny. Uh, I thought yeah. the acting was good. Um, I was, I thoroughly enjoyed the entire thing. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, look, I, I wasn't expecting much because the first reviews that had came out were saying this is some of Adam McKay's like weakest work. Since well, I disagree. In probably the last 10 years. And yeah. like you, Joel, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I think I don't want to get too deep into this movie because it is, you know, obviously very political and very topical, as you said. But I think the one takeaway that I had from it is like Adam McKay doesn't other than eliciting the conversation that needs to be had of what this movie is trying to say, which I think is a, is a good like intention. I don't think this movie has anything to add or say to that conversation. Like basically the thesis statement of this movie is we're all fucked and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. You know, um, I agree with which that. I think hits to a certain respect, but I, you know, as a filmmaker, I think there's always something to be added to that conversation. Like I think vice did that really well where it's like, this is the thing that's happening and this is how, uh, I can add something to or say something about, you know, the way people handle this thing, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? And I really felt like that was missing. Overall, though, I thought it was a, a fun movie. Um, I actually didn't hate Timothy Chalamet in this in this no, film. No, me neither. I thought he was um, fucking great. What? Yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's got he's, a role in there. He's hilarious in this yeah. I know he's in it, but yeah. I'm just and shocked. Then, I know, that right? And then uh, I think Jennifer like Lawrence, him. you know, it's kind of interesting, like, seeing her back as she took a big break from acting, and and, and I think she's pretty good in this uh, in this film. I would agree. I like Leo as well. I thought he oh, did yeah. a great yeah, job. I mean, like, pretty much, I mean, Ron Perlman, Meryl <laughs> Streep. Ron, Ron Perlman was one of my favorite uh, bits yeah. in this, so... Meryl Streep's body double to see her butt, like I, you know, just like also, whole- <laughs> also Kate Blanchett, like just stunningly gorgeous in this movie is like, does she even age? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, she does not. No, it's kind of crazy. Like movie. she, she looks like twenty years younger than she actually is, and it's like mind boggling. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I really Jonah Hill was just like playing the male like Ivanka was just so just so good, dude. Yeah. Like. Everything yep. I really enjoyed this film, and the couple people I like who had said this was bad, I was like, I don't know what you guys are fucking talking about. I this I liked it a lot. Yeah, it could just be maybe Adam McKay's humor just like touches me in my heart, right? Yeah. Just like just the way I just was like, yes, this <laughs> is a movie for me. Thank you. Definitely. Um. Yeah. So that's all I had. Um. I guess Joel, did you have anything else you've been watching? Nope, saw that movie. Alrighty, there we go. Lauren, do <laughs> you have anything? Um, yeah, I have a couple things. One I meant to mention last time uh, and forgot, but uh, our our favorite Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, yeah, yeah I still need to watch that. Lin-Manuel yeah. directing, come on now. Uh, yes, and Lin-Manuel directing, um, which is very interesting. I am a huge Rent fan, um, always have been, you know, always. I hate paying rent. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, I don't know why I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I was trying to go with your joke and yeah, I yeah, yeah. That's can't. Um, <laughs> Should have been like, rent? I'll pay you rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> hey, Spider-Man. Yeah, if only we had a, a sound bite machine. Got that right. Spider-Man. <laughs> there you go. Thank Nailed you. Um, anyway, tick, tick, boom. Uh, Jonathan Larson, I... I've known about the story um, of this man's life forever um, because Rent was the first, probably the first musical that I like became obsessed with as most 90s, early 2000s kids did. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I did not, however, really know Tick, Tick, Boom until a couple years ago. Um, a friend of mine was in a production of it and mm. here in LA and I got to see it. And so I'm not as familiar with that show as I am uh, with Rent. But I thought that this was a really solid film adaptation of a musical. I thought Andrew was phenomenal he looks so much like jonathan larson it's scary um and i i just i thought it was really beautifully done and i thought it was a beautiful homage to new york and to broadway and the broadway community and has a ton of broadway cameos in it which is really really fun to see um and also why am I blank? Oh, uh, and and Bradley Whitford as Stephen mm. Sondheim. Yeah, uh, was I didn't know that that was a thing going into this movie, and mm. um, that was another, you know, instance of someone playing a real life person that I thought worked really really well. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting hybrid because um, I do believe from my memory of seeing the show, um not all of the elements that are in the movie are in the Broadway play, particularly gotcha. that Sondheim storyline. Um, I feel like they connected the show even more into Jonathan's life story in the movie um, to tell it more directly as his story, as opposed to a, a show that Jonathan wrote very heavily influenced by his life. Um, so it was almost kind of part documentary in that sense even though there wasn't really uh real life cameos as in the ricardos you know yeah yeah if that makes sense i don't yeah, know no, it does. all it to say it also andrew garfield singing beautiful i know right um, how freaking talented is that guy man i yeah, love I, him so I really much i want to check this movie out even though i'm not the biggest musical theater it's guy. I, the garfield assance man i think exactly. it's happening I mean, and yeah, that's why i'm I say so it. here for it <laughs> i have loved him for so long and i'm so happy that uh stuff like this is happening for him and he's rachel he's calling into the buzz. podcast i know so dang. <laughs> i mean it can happen yeah um so anyway enough gushing about that uh but I stuck with the musical theme here and I watched Schmigadoon because mm. I finally got that yeah. Apple Plus. All righty. Um, watch Ted Lasso. I watched the first episode of Ted okay, Lasso. Okay, good. Don't worry. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> but I haven't had, I haven't watched enough to talk about it yet. Yeah. Um, but I did watch all of Schmigadoon. I have very mixed feelings on this show. I don't know if either of you have watched it. I've heard about it. Um, like I've heard mixed things as well. But I'm not yeah. really even familiar like with the premise or anything like that. So, so basically the premise, Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key are a couple. They're going on this relationship therapy retreat thing, get lost in the woods, end up in this town called Schmigadoon, uh, where they basically get thrust into a musical and they can't leave oh, um, until they find true love, uh, which Great. they think, you know, obviously they think that they are true love. So, yeah. of course, they're Sue. not. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a, got a ton of, again, Broadway cameos, um, or not cameos, players. Uh, Alan Cumming is the mayor. Oh, wow. Um, uh, Chris Chenoweth is kind of the town baddie, I guess you could say. Um, Fred Armisen is in it as well um there's another really funny cameo that i don't want to give away mm. 
but it's how they find out they're stuck in Schmigadoon. So if you do watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I thought okay. it was really funny. Um, I thought it, uh, the callbacks that it makes to musicals were really well done. Um, it's kind of, you know, this town is kind of parroting basically the towns of, you know, Oklahoma and the music man and, you know, small right. town, uh, things like that. So it, it hits a lot of the tropes and is very, uh, self-aware in that regards. And I don't think they used any music from actual shows, but so many of the songs sounded so much like songs I already know that like it's like that familiarity of it if you're a musical right. theater person oh yeah. and um uh jane K krakowski isn't it as well um but on the flip side of things like i uh, don't know that a lot of the storyline humor quite worked for me mm. um and i thought some of the humor was a little bit lower brow than it could have been nice. so that's why i have a little but like not in a way that works like gotcha. it was it was like dumber than it needed to I, be okay yeah i see what you're saying um, not that it was like crass you know yeah. um so again i have very mixed feelings on it especially because a lot of people i know really liked it like a lot of other musical theater kids and like people were telling me you're gonna love this show and it has all the elements for me to love with you know chenoweth alan cumming yeah. Yeah. king michael key like and it just, I don't know, somehow it missed the mark to me. Um, so I'll be interested to see if they do another do season it. of it. Yeah. Because um, the way it ends, it doesn't need one also. So I'm not sure how they would do it unless they do something kind of like a Miracle Workers type thing where it's same cast, different scenario. Right, new people new show up. Right. Um, but I don't know. Gotcha. So I, I, I'd give it maybe a three out of five, two and a half, three yeah. out of five. Not bad. Fair. It's six, like 30 ish minutes episode. So it's a quick so watch. It's, too. Yeah, it's yeah, watching a day. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. a standard superhero movie. Yeah. These oh, days. and Aaron Tveit. Aaron Tveit <laughs> was really great in this, which I, you guys probably don't know him, but he's another big Broadway person who plays like the rapscallion character yeah. in it. And Ram, I, I do like a good rapscallion. Yeah. I liked him a lot. Um, nice. I think that's it. Yeah. Dope. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Pop Pop, the pop culture podcast. Uh, Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Taylor Salen on Twitter. And also, make sure to go check out our uh, Instagram page. Give us a like. Let us know what you guys think. If you want to... Uh, also a follow, though. Not yeah, just a like. like and a follow. Yeah. That's what I meant. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Either one, I, you know. <laughs> Pick one. Yeah, I meant give the page a like, you know, give the page a follow, <laughs> however you want to put that. But yeah, that's it for me. Lauren, what about you? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore and also currently running that Instagram Taylor's talking about. So Ooh, there you go. There we go. Do that thing too. Uh, and I'm the only nerd everywhere on the internet, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I don't know, probably FetLife, maybe. Uh, I don't know. You know, just, just only fans. OnlyFans everywhere on the internet, but also definitely on the Pop Pop Podcast, or is it the the what's the Instagram? The Pop Pop Podcast, yeah. Hey, I was right. Yeah. Uh, I'm also over there. Um, I'll be making out some clips probably from episodes we've made to put on there. I'm on there. I'm always looking at the followers. If it doesn't get to ten thousand by tomorrow, uh, <laughs> we're gonna cancel the podcast. So uh, yep. 
Everybody hurry up and get over there. Uh, we, our entire lives depend on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what's coming out next, but we'll see you soon. And uh, yeah. with that, later, nerds. Bye. Peace.